I'm going to roofie you. Roofie you. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. Yes, Thursday, February 2nd, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 379er. This is No Agenda. Tracking the unidentified meteors here in the capital of the Drone Star State at Camp Mofo in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And tracking the Baltic Dry Index, I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> it's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> and there you have it. That's why the show works so well. <laughs> I'm tracking the meteors. You're tracking the Baltic Dry Index. Mm, that's hot, by the way. Does that work on chicks in the bar? Uh, it hasn't so far. <laughs> wow. Hey, in the morning to you, Johnny boy. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and in the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air. And aliens in the motherships flying over Texas. We know what the real story is. Uh, in the morning to everybody in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Good to see everybody here. We think we have a quorum. Let me, uh... Check and see. Of course, we do the program live on Thursday and uh, Sunday mornings at uh, 9 a.m. PST. And I'll be honest with you, John, uh, and I'm just going to say it now. We don't have meetings. We never talk outside of the program. So I'm just going to lay it out there and I'll let it go. Um, If donations are like this, uh, I would suggest going back to one show a week. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's like if we're going to get. Yeah, well, I'm actually stunned that we didn't do better on the on the longer lag time, which is Thursday show. Yeah, which means Sunday. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Be, no, it, no, it's horrible. Well, we could do one show a week. That's not a problem. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to now seriously consider getting some other gig somewhere, doing something. I don't know. I mean, well, why don't we start off with giving our one executive producer a shout out? Okay, let's and do then that. We get on with our information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mainly because I have the spreadsheet. And, loaded. of course, uh, it, it's it's not an American. It's not a Canadian. It's not a Australian. All these people seem to have dried up. It's a Dutchman who uh, comes in as our... From a town I'll never pronounce <laughs> in a million years, Eggstat. Very close. Uh, try Oostgeest. <laughs> How is that close? <laughs> it's not, but I like the Eggstat. That's good. <laughs> Oostgeest is how you pronounce it. How do you get the... There's an, okay. I think I think someone, somehow an extraneous G got in there. It should be O-E-S-T-G-E-E-S-T, I think. I don't know what the... the this is what it says, O-E-G-S-T-G-E-E-S-T. No, no, I, no, I, no, 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 I think it should be O-E-S-T. I don't know how the G got in oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's what confused me. Uh, Lucas Tahima is what who I pronounce it. <laughs> no, <laughs> try Lucas Tahima. 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 There you go. Tahima. Well, thank you very much to our one executive uh, associate executive producer. No, he's an executive producer. Oh, that's right. He's, he most comes amount in at the top, over two hundred dollars right? gets the executive top. producer yeah. job. Right. Here's some lo- in let you know the first guy, and that's him. Here's some love, some very entertaining shows lately, which are very much appreciated. Uh, I guess this is the only truth they get to the uh, area. Because of the EU's uh, clampdown. Mm. And they says, keep up the good work. Well, yeah. we, we do good work. We do. Um, but if it's not, uh, you know, if, if people don't see the value and don't want to contribute value, then fine. Uh, I'm happy to go back to one show a week and find something else to do. Because it's not like I've, I'm working half as hard. So, right. All right. So I'll stop complaining. That will be it for the complaining portion of the show. But um, we got more complaining later. 
Yeah, let's, yeah, screw it. Let's let's complain more later. That's a good idea. So uh, big news here, John, in uh, in the drone oh, I star be, state. Besides that, I want to mention to people they could help us by going to noagendashow.com, dvorak.org oh, slash na. Oh, just a thought, yes. slash na and uh, showing us that they're actually listening to the show. Uh, and we're also getting, I want to remind people that there is a huge fall off this time of year. Oh, with the PayPal in, uh, automatic system uh, In the automatic systems because right. people get their new credit cards or whatever, and they just get kicked right off of PayPal. There's You're no follow-up. Right. Have we seen this? Have think we, that they're donating and they're not. And they're not. Have we seen this before? Have we seen this uh, in previous years? We're doing this now. This is our fifth year. Is it not, John? Uh, well, we've always had a together? crummy January. So no, 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 no. Never this crummy. This is no, bad. No, this is pretty bad. This is worse than last year. This We're making like, less money doing this show than we did uh, in terms of donations last year. So there you have it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm also reminding people, just go to your bank and set up a uh, time payment plan as opposed to working through PayPal. Because we had two accounts. You know, just we, we had the old account when we started the show, and then right. I had to move it over to a no agenda account, which is easier so I don't have these funds mixed up with my stuff. And so I, I moved it over. But so there's all the old, like, Old old subscriptions are still in that old account that keep cropping in. That account is it's almost, almost getting no. I almost mean, it's dead. almost dead. Yeah. I just uh, got news from the chat room. Uh, our problem is Goldman Sachs is now shorting No Agenda. And that's the problem. <laughs> We're in a short squeeze. Dvorak.org slash na. Uh, but we will be talking about uh, our value for value model later on in the program. And before we move on, I do want to thank a couple of. Uh, producers who are helping us in other ways other than uh, monetary uh, means. And, of course, we know it's a crisis. It's not easy. But if every single person at least uh, put up a buck a show, then uh, you wouldn't be hearing this negativity coming out of my pie hole. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everyone who's uh, working on the fan scribing of the No Agenda uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Currently, uh, 378.readnoagenda.com is 83% fanscribed, so we're getting very close to having that. It, it looks like it could happen for every single episode, but it's actually, it'll be good. You know, we go back to one, then people will have a whole week to do it. So we'll, uh, we'll get more bang for the buck there, but we do highly appreciate um, everyone who's doing that uh, because it helps with, uh, well, it helps for research. We get indexed. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good reasons to do that. And, of course, there's a, a lot of people out there who um, uh, can only read and can't hear. Yeah, right. That's that's true. And they're probably so, like, yeah. uh, hold on, don't, okay, don't move on. on. I, got, I got more. I got more. Going, I got more going, PR keep stuff. Going, keep going. Remember Bill Edlin, Will, Bill, William? He's uh, one of our producers who called in uh, to the uh, Shannon Burke show and tried to promote us, and he stumbled all over his scripts and stuff. Yes, we we need better actors. Well, he's back. <laughs> he's he's back, and and he's he says, "Look, I'm I'm I got my script, and I'm really trying it." <laughs> but it's listening to this guy, this radio host, t- shows you exactly what's wrong with uh, mainstream programming, like Scott Legend, Dangerous <laughs> Conversation. Uh, all right, and also I do know, listen to Scott Legend, Dangerous Conversation. I also think you need to listen to. Uh, the No Agenda podcast with oh. Adam Curry and John C. DeVore. Listen to the guy go, ugh. This <laughs> guy groaned. It gets worse. Right. Who is this guy? Shannon Burke in the morning, everybody. Never heard of him. 
C-SPAN for you. They'll analyze the news stories. Oh, uh, you're right. Uh, on yeah, the web. yeah, that's a good idea. I should spend some of my time talking about fucking C-SPAN. <laughs> hey, no, hey, you listen uh, to the show. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about oh, it. Damn. Watching it. That way right. you'll see the scam of the media. Okay. How I, they manipulate. I am the media, Bill. <laughs> right. I'm scamming you right now. No, 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 you're not. You're, you've got, you're a very smart man, and that's why I'm telling you this, because I think if you really listen to the ledge and, and listen to the No Agenda uh, podcast, that you start uh, seeing these patterns uh, that they talk about. Okay. I, I, and Bill, it'll put you a new spin Bill, on, Bill, on some of these stories. Whether or not you know it, I'm a very, very well, edu- highly educated man, a highly degreed, and, um, uh, I agree. and very, very... Yeah. Douchebag. <laughs> highly <Bullshit>. educated. <laughs> Good job, Bill. I like it when they irritate other hosts. That's good. Oh, that's better. Yeah. I mean, that's what Howard Stern made a living out of. That. But I can't believe the guy keeps him on. You know, this is really good. It's like just keeps on uh, irking him. Uh, he listens to C-SPAN. <laughs> so he's obviously heard the show. Of course. Thinks we listen to C-SPAN too much and yeah. get the you know the scoop. Yeah. Yeah, I want to need. But he's a highly educated man. Doesn't oh, need, yeah. it, need, yeah. need anything like this. Okay, well, a few uh, domain name forwards as our da- database continues to grow. Uh, why because dot ca is very good, and we'll have some why because stuff coming up later. This is uh, now that we've been tipped off to this neuro linguistic programming that we first noticed with Rick Santorum. This is really interesting how uh, how it's being used when you say why because and then it's just like what and, and it's like <laughs> oh, what? what it's like if you if you uh, we don't have enough donations why because we need you to donate uh, also ethicaladultentertainment.com now forwarding to the noagendashow.com website very good i think we are ethical adult entertainment and because giving is loving.com along with an idea and this is actually something that uh, we, we should talk about later on one of our producers suggested that there's a great opportunity uh, to have people donate $214 or some variation of it for, for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Because right. nothing says I love you more than a donation to the No Agenda Show. Why? That's because true. donating is loving. So I think that's, uh, well, well, we'll chat more about that a little bit later on. And of course, you can always do one thing. We all need to go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. World. Hold up. Shut up, slave. Before we get into anything substantive, (laughs) okay. Too many T's in there? I don't know. Um, I w- I've spent some time this week listening to current TV because uh, Oberman quit, you know, and oh, they still have a show he, he on. And now they he's have, out. Apparently, he's Kermit the Frog has done his, is wait doing a, a show. Wait a minute, he's done. He's out. He's no. Well, he's he's, no he seems to have walked off, but he's, the show's <sighs> right. still on. All right, so this, and, this better uh, be Kermit good. the Frog is doing the show now. I have a I have a clip <laughs> from that later, but I, but they also brought over some other guys from MSNBC who could not. Uh, Get any numbers chunk. at all? So, they, so, so wisely they brought them over yeah, to chunk, uh, the chunk guy, chunk guy, yeah, chunk, chunk guy. the Young Turk show. Yeah. Chunk. So I got him. I got, caught him. He's, he's it's a terrible show, and it looks like it's produced over at Rev Three. To be honest about it, <laughs> no, I think Rev Three is produced better than uh, than it gets than quite current. possible. It's yeah. very cheap production. Has cheap 
written all over it. Yeah. And uh, but I got him, I caught him, and I had to listen to this over and over again. And I so I got the clip of him actually saying "Booger T. Washington." <laughs> and I thought, you know, the show numbers are down, and maybe people are looking more for this sort of material. <laughs> what Chunk said this. Chunk said booger T, and so I, I I have the clip of him saying it, and then I have it, I, I reclip just the booger part, so you could hear that it was booger, because you okay. can almost maybe said booger T, but no, there's <laughs> right. no K in there, it's booger. You have, so he said booger T Washington. I thought it was I thought it was abhorrent. Can, can I just say one thing? You have way too much time on your hands. Hit it. Obviously, it was um, you know a tragic story of his apparent suicide this morning. So um, things about Muscle Star of the Month with Don Cornelius, who was the creator. Executive you're, you're playing the, You're not playing the Booger T. Washington clip. You told me to play. Oh, I thought there was a long one first, and then Booger T. Booger T. is no, four, no, just fourteen Booger seconds. T. Back on the Young Turks. Well, this morning we we're talking with J.R. Jackson, who's our longtime producer, and he was saying, you know, every network and station covers uh, Black History Month in the same way. You find out about Booger T. Washington <laughs> in like little snippets, etc. Booger, 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 Booger. <laughs> okay, I understand. I misunderstood what you were doing. Booger, Booger. Yeah, that's a way to celebrate Black History Month, all right. Call the guy Booger T. Yeah. Hey, Booger I, T. I thought it was insulting to all black people. It was insulting to me, Booger, <laughs> Booger T. Washington. Are you kidding me, Chunk? Oh, my goodness. Uh, and when you say that, you, when you're saying his name, you wouldn't be, you would not, that's not what you're going to slur. You don't do Booker. that. It's, no, it's Booger you T. You say Washington. Booker. Yeah. It's not hard to say Booker. <laughs> Booger. So the guy's never held a, an album cover in his hand by Booker T. Washington in his life. That's obvious. <laughs> yeah, that's what it Booger. is. Speaking of albums, uh, I figured out a, a great promotion that's taking place right now. It's, this is a two-parter. So we had a, an apparent uh, meteorite uh, crash into uh, the Austin area the other night. Huh. Did you not hear about this? No. I, do you think I would? you think somebody would have uh, Twittered me or huh. emailed me? Yeah, Since, it's, you know, they're no, obviously it's targeting deal. you. It's a big deal. So Did of they course, miss? They didn't hit the house. So there's all kinds of video of this. Uh, there's video from uh, dash cams, from cop cars. Uh, there's a satellite imagery of it. And, of course, it's not a meteorite when you look at it. It's, it's like way too bright, way too low. It's uh, it's either a, a drone flaming out, which probably is... is uh, a, a real possibility, or I the we're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, or the mothership is uh, sending off little uh, uh, little baby ships. But this is a two parter, and uh, there's a PR promotion in here, which uh, it took me to li- listening to it twice to figure it out. As by the way, the people who now do reports on meteorites crashing into Texas are apparently weathermen. They're now the experts on that. It can't get a space guy anymore. So let uh let the, the, let the Dan the weatherman do the report. So here's these two douchebag idiots on CNN, these two women who yap in the morning. Uh, you probably didn't see it up in the northeast, the northwest, but if you were in Texas or Oklahoma, what on earth was that streaking across <laughs> the night sky in those states? Check out the video from the police dash cam. I, you know, I was going to sing some crazy song that, uh, you know, had to, but listen, it was a routine traffic stop that caught this, but the FAA is now weighing in on what that is. It is a... Meteor. That's the fireball. It was so now the FAA all of a sudden is they're weighing in. They're the experts that it's a uh, well, it wasn't a drone or anything. And it was a meteor because we're the FAA. They're not authorized to make this call. Natural meteor. Uh, the report. The reports came uh, as far south as uh, Waco, Texas, and as far north as Oklahoma City of people saying, "Yikes!" 
Yikes! By the way, neither Mickey nor I saw or because apparently it made a boom as well. It made a booming sound, mm. and uh, and we didn't hear it because uh, well, you were you were further south than Waco. Not much. Uh, a couple of people uh, in the area heard it. Oh. But we were drunk, so that's why we didn't. You know, maybe no, maybe no, it was that's... us. Maybe <laughs> maybe what? Yeah, what? Did you fart? <laughs> Hold on. So much more fun to say it was a UFO. It's so much more fun to say it was a UFO. Let's rule that out, okay? Because the FAA says so. Yeah. Rob Marciano's in Atlanta with the national weather forecast. Now listen to this, because here's the PR moment. Get ready for it. Yes. Did you see it, Rob? Uh, no, but uh, that's striking video. It definitely good, looks huh? more like a UFO that has a fireball around uh-huh. here, but uh, uh-huh. I'll take FAA's uh, word on that. <laughs> sure, yeah. the FAA, the experts on UFOs. Yeah, uh, it's not a UFO. It's a meteorite. FAA knows. Another picture uh, from space, actually. The dark side of the moon. Check this out. Uh, ebb and flow. It's a twin uh, satellite project uh, of Grail that's orbiting the moon right now. Take some of the images that we don't see down here because we only see, well, the lit side of the moon that faces us. This the dark side, the elusive one. The dark side of the moon. What could that mean, John? The dark side of the moon. Well, I have a clip. Oh, boy. You didn't. Ca- oh, boy. All right. I don't get the clip you got it getting. I just got a clip. I thought I have a different angle on this, but go on. No, 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 no. I want to hear your angle. Then I'll tell you what it's really well, all about. I don't about. have an angle except that I think that there's something going on about how dumb they think the public is because this is Shepard <laughs> Smith. <and laughs> <a> dumb <laughs> <whose> <laughs> item, who okay. says, uh, for one thing, he says little green men have landed. And he says, no, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. And then he said and then he explains the dark side of the moon as if no one has been to the third grade. And we're getting a rare glimpse of the far side of the moon. We found the little green men. Not really. Today, NASA released this video shot from a spacecraft out there somewhere. Scientists say the moon is tidally locked, meaning one side always faces Earth, so we rarely get to see the dark side, the dark side of the moon. Yeah, okay. So Pink Floyd is re-releasing their album, uh, Remastered, Including dark side dark, of the moon. Dark side of the moon. This is like so obvious. This, this was like an obvious one. All I had to do was one Google search and boom, I'm there. <laughs> it's a doing a re-release. That's why this is PR. And I know what happened on this. Shepard Smith first said, you know, the, the far side. And then so the producer went, hey, we're not going to get paid if you don't say dark side. Oh, yeah, right. It's the dark side of the moon. And it's not dark. How is, how is it the dark side when it was lit up and they showed a picture of it? Hello? Because <laughs> it's not. Because it's PR for, for the Floyd re-release. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's so easy. This stuff is so easy. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me that they would run that piece at all. And, they can pay uh, it for it, John. I, mean, I know what you're saying. And there's probably a connection, too, between either there's, that's either product placement, which I think they're starting to drop in news items now constantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. And especially the the, uh, the people are uh, in the music and TV, uh, the entertainment business. Yes. They're the yes. ones who are the sleaziest of the whole crowd. Exactly. I have that uh, Shepard clip, Shepard Smith clip. Now, since we're talking about him, the one that because uh, there's more PR going on. Um, this is the one I didn't have on uh, uh, Sunday's broadcast from Fox this Wednesday night. Seal Team Six has done it again. Last night, officials say a team of SEALs, not the ones who captured Osama bin Laden. Whoops. Captured? Captured or killed? <laughs> yes, well, you've been, I know you've been scrounging to get that one. <laughs> so I got that clip. And, of course, it was so easy to figure out. This is another promotion for the, 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 the SEAL Team 6 movie that's coming out. The trailer's everywhere. 
Yeah. The Valor movie, whatever it's called. Fox is the worst at this. I mean, I... It's so, I it, they need to get less obvious about it, really. And by the way, there is no such thing called Team Seal 6. That is a fictitious name. That is not the actual name of this outfit. That's a movie name. And now they've got this, you know, you see the trailers and the making of, it's everywhere. It's coming out in like in two weeks or whatever. This is yeah. all PR, ladies and gentlemen. This has nothing to do, you know. It's not news. No, and I and, and I'm and since we still haven't seen this woman and, and the, and the Shepard Smith piece about the dark side of the moon, he says he doesn't even bother telling you what kind of a spaceship. He says some spaceship out there. <laughs> if you listen to, he doesn't even there are no details. It's like apparently some ra- random spaceship that's just roaming around. Yeah, I mean that would actually be news. Random new, to have some facts, <laughs> just something that's out there. We don't know who owns it or whatever. Maybe George Clooney's flying it. Yeah, that's possible. That ridiculous. But the movie industry and politics and news is so intertwined these days. A great example from Australia. There's a member of parliament there. Uh, let me get his name. Anthony Albanese. Uh, let me just see. Uh, hold on a second. He is, this is for our, our Australian listeners will get a kick out of this. He serves as the leader of the House of Representatives and Minister for Infrastructure and Transport in the Gillard Ministry. And uh, he's been there since uh, March 1996. So he gives a speech. And uh, you're going to hear this exact same speech right after he's done. It's like, it, This is like uh, a piece of his speech, like uh, 20 seconds. <laughs> and you'll hear the, I'm not going to give it away, but you hear the exact same speech by someone else right after it. In Australia, we have serious challenges to solve and we need serious people to solve them. Unfortunately, Tony Abbott is not the least bit interested in fixing anything. He's only interested in two things, making Australians afraid of it and telling them who's to blame for it. We have serious problems to solve and we need serious people to solve them. And whatever your particular problem is, I promise you, Bob Rumson is not the least bit interested in solving it. He is interested in two things, and two things only. Making you afraid of it, and telling you who's to blame for it. <laughs> Michael Douglas in The American President. The exact yeah. same speech. Yeah. <laughs> Which one came first? What's the dates? Oh, The American President is a long time oh, so ago. So they just basically stole it from a movie? Yes. This guy? Yes. This Australian guy? Yeah. How embarrassing. It's hilarious. I wonder how much material they lift from movies thinking no one's going to notice. Well, no one watched this movie. So, I mean, well, I, yeah, I guess you find a movie nobody watches and you got to make. I watched it, I have to say. I like the movie. Uh, but yeah, um, I th- wasn't that the one where he dies and then uh, Su- uh, Sarah Susan Sarandon? I becomes never saw president? the movie. Yeah, I did. It was a good movie. I, li- I like Michael Douglas. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always he chooses his, his movies well. Yeah, but then to have that lifted, I mean, why don't we just have Michael Douglas just get an Australian accent and he can be the politician? Oh, wait a minute. We already do that here. I'm sorry. We already have actors as politicians. Crazy. Just crazy. So we had, uh, I'm so tired of the X Factor, of the uh, the... The contest, as it's now being called continuously on uh, on all the news channels. This contest, this contest, this contest. And now it actually is turning into an X Factor American Idol where we got people singing. And we got the contestants singing in this thing, John. We got Obama singing. We've got uh, 
Mitt Romney singing. We've got people joking about Newt Gingrich should sing. And could it get any more obvious what's going on here? Yeah, just make let him sing. Screw <laughs> it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's horrible. And there's, there's no real analysis. There was, um, that was actually kind of interesting. Um, what's his name? Soros. Hey, I'm George Soros. <laughs> I, I, once I heard him, I'm like really working on, uh, on, uh, on, on trying to perfect my Soros voice. Um, hold on a second. Where is he? Uh, Soros. You, you can also make that same voice because I saw him on book TV this last week. Zabrinsky. Oh, the big new Brzezinski. Yeah. He's it's, had the same voice. You never see those two guys in the same picture, actually. No. Now think about it. So you said George Soros. Uh, no, no, you sound like Triumph the insult comic dog again. Here is, here is George Soros. <laughs> it's not George. This is the dog. <laughs> here is George Soros. To poop on. This is, I'm in Davo, and I'm, I'm uh, talking about... Obama and Romney. It comes in. It comes in. There we go. I got it now. To poop on. (laughs) If it's between Obama and Romney, there isn't all that much difference. (laughs) I love this clip. There isn't all that much difference. But what is the difference then, Soros? Except for the crowd that they bring with them. Different bankers. Romney would have to take Gingrich or Santorum as a vice president and... Uh, uh, now listen to this. Listen very carefully. Probably have some pretty extreme candidates for the Supreme Court. So that's the, the downside. On the other side, uh, the Obama administration is a bit exhausted. <laughs> so it's not all that strong. So it's, it won't be that great a difference. And I think there won't be a great deal of enthusiasm on either side of the of the battleground. It will be a more civilized than the previous elections. Yeah, there you go. So Soros is just basically calling it. It's just going to be Romney. We all know Romney it. Romney and Santorum, he says, which is kind of interesting. Or, or Gingrich. He says, or Gingrich. Well, Gingrich is never going to be a VP. In fact, uh, Gingrich is not going to show up anywhere near the White House, according to this woman. Who, and I never thought about this. She claims that there's like a secret society of, uh, well, no. she didn't quite say it that way, but that's why <laughs> I interpreted it, no. of, of first wives. Oh. And they're not going to let Callista anywhere near the White House because she's a horrible third wife and it's just <laughs> bad by nature. Read, play haters be hating. I have to say she's uh, she is rather frightening. She's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Haters be hating. Here we go. To push that. Well, I think it's about time for the Republicans to shove it back down their throat. Why? Why didn't the media, Susan, talk about John Kerry only paying thirteen point one um, in income tax? That's all he paid. I think, and and I can't even leave Newt Gingrich. You just wait. It's not over yet. Wait till the first wives club gets involved. They're not going to let Calissa Gingrich be a first lady. We would never <laughs> had that in our life, and we don't want that stain on the Republican Party. All Thank right, you. We're going to stop there. Jennifer calling from Mesa, Arizona, and the last word. Well, that was on C-SPAN, on the call-in show. Yeah. Where is everybody calling in on that show and saying no agenda? Come on, I people. don't know. I Come have on. no idea why nobody... Come on. I don't it's think so anybody easy. but us watches C-SPAN. I don't think half the people that listen to our show even know what we're talking about when we say C-SPAN. <laughs> They're like, well, you... I don't know. They're watching something. Maybe it's over in France. <laughs> what is that C-SPAN they keep referring to? It, it must be in France. <laughs> Debbie Wasserman Schultz goes on... Uh, oh, I, this yeah, woman I is the most annoying woman in, in the whole administration. 
Now, she's in charge of the Democratic National uh, Committee. Yeah. So she's a big wig. She's also, is she a congresswoman, I think? Congresswoman? Yeah. yeah. She's from Florida, I think. I could be wrong. But she, she really lays it out, and it's, and it's obvious why she's on Rachel Maddow's show. We know Rachel Maddow is the biggest money whore there is when it comes to this, because I've really been paying attention uh, ever since you pointed out uh, on the past show or two, but how much money is really being uh, shoved into the media uh, from all of these super PACs and all these uh, commercials and advertisements. And she basically lays it out. And I think she is correct, although, you know, she should be careful because this is exactly how they do it, too. Well, I think they've probably got a ways to go before there is a, uh, a clear nominee. Um, you know, what Mitt Romney did tonight was essentially buy the Republican primary victory that he got. Uh, 13,000 ads to 200 ads uh, for Newt Gingrich. Uh, only about 0.1% of those ads were positive. Uh, I mean, he really carpet bombed Newt, Newt Gingrich. And so all that says is that he drowned him in, in negative advertising. And so as the race progresses, I think it'll continue to be clear that there is a dramatic contrast between Mitt Romney and the Republican field. So there it is. Uh, He spent about nine million dollars on the ads. What's interesting, though, is I rarely see the ads as ads. Where do I see the ads when CNN or Fox News shows them and says, look at this latest negative attack ad? This is such a scam. This whole thing is all about money flowing into the media companies. The more you have, the more they feature you, the more they talk about you, the more you get on the air with them. It's just sad. It's a total scam. Yeah, it really is. That's a scam we should be involved in. Well, we should have a small media company just just (laughs) do nothing but take political ads. Just scam. Just scam. (laughs) Let's just do a scam. You know, hey, yeah, you know, uh, we think it's, we'll, we'll give, who's we're going to give, I don't know who we're going to give our endorsement to. And I'm seeing that a lot of that now. You see, that's kind of a meme. Like, and why the oh, hell, I'm not going to endorse him yet. And why the hell is Herman Cain on television all of a sudden again? And he, yeah, he, he yeah, big smiling pie hole. And he's like, and, and he comes on, he, he endorses um, Gingrich. And, and But no one says, hey, by the way, uh, how's that uh, philandering working out for you that made you drop out of the race? Now he's just become a clown, an, an official clown. He was a clown, but now it's official. And Sarah Palin, my goodness, look at the woman's face. Did she get her chip implanted? Has MK Ultra finally kicked in? This woman is really a robot now. And I've, and I've defended Sarah I think she Sarah had some Palin. work done. That's why she was, all, that's why she was oh. off the radar for so long. Oh, that's It possible. takes about two months to get that. Oh, no, no. oh, no, that's not true. Bull crap. My ex-wife had work done. Uh, I shall yeah. refrain from explaining. The doctor would always say, uh, you'll have some bruising for a couple of weeks, and then it'll be fine. Three months minimum on anything you do. It's three months. It just takes three months. It's not Well, it's two been weeks. about three months since yeah. we've seen Palin. Interesting. We should take... It's just something's weird about her face. Yeah, they pulled it back, and she's got that stupid lift look, yeah. which is going yeah, you know, to end right. up making her look weird. She looks with surprised. With a kind of a slash mouth. Yeah, she looks surprised. Gonna, surprised the whole time. Yeah, and you look surprised, <laughs> especially in the early days, and it sags back down a little bit, so you look normal for a very short time. And then, you know, oh, God, this needs to be redone, because you have to do, I think, I forget what the cycle is. I think the first lift lasts like seven years, or used to be 14, then seven, then three and a half, then every year. So you'd have to start getting work done every no, year. No, no, that's not so how it works. That's not, no, put, no, that's not how it works. What happens okay, no. is you get the first work done, 
And then you're like, well, wait a minute. Now my ears don't match my forehead. Uh, oh, then the the the, oh. the the bags on the eyes are gone. But now I've got little things above the eye, and it just keeps on going. And it's it's like with if you're modeling someone's face out of clay, it's like a nightmare. <laughs> there you go. Twenty years of my life. What can I tell you? So you oh, okay? Well, that would be your. Well, you're, you're going to speak from experience. I'm only speaking from theory. And all I know is that you're not supposed to have a facelift done until you, your first facelift. If you're ever going to do one, it is a recommendation for everyone. <laughs> when John, John two years old. <laughs> hey, citizen, ninety-two. I'm going to schedule it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah ninety-two. You'll be looking good for a while. I'll look great. You look great in the coffin. So, um, oh, thanks, dude. Uh, well, it depends how long you go. I mean, if the first one lasts a decade and you go to 102, you're still looking good. You know, that sounds okay. Okay, that makes sense because, yeah, you get it done and then it, something does. It's not quite right. And, and, of course, the business itself is designed to get you to keep doing it. Oh, of course, yeah. So they never do it right. You have to keep fixing it. Megan, Megan Kelly. The same guy. Megan Kelly from Fox is going to go next. You think? Oh, definitely. She's already... She's, I mean, I know this so well. First of all, I grew up with women. Second of all, I have all this experience. First, they starve themselves. Megyn Kelly is now starving herself. And um, the only one who's really doing it properly, actually, is Erin Burnett. Uh, but, she, but, yeah, but she can't stand up. She just to be see- and again, people, we're talking as television executives here, not as, you know, as men who would be rude to not women. Not as sensitive males no, that we a, are. No, not as a bicurious male. Um. But yeah, no, you watch. She's she's going to go on a hiatus for a couple of months, and she's going to come back and have all kinds of work done because it's an obsession. It is an absolute obsession. I've seen it time and time again. You'll see. The only one who's not going to do anything and is over that that hump and is doing it well is Candy Crowley. Oh, she, <laughs> oh please! Yeah, but that's the, that's the it's oh. ridiculous. She does, she's like given up on herself. But that's okay. That, and by the way, yeah, I think, no, I guess from your yeah, yeah no, she's I beautiful for that very reason. From a she's health, normal, healthy perspective. Yes, Andy Crowley, who just looks like hell. <laughs> Seriously, I, from a from an executive perspective, from not a, from, <laughs> but she ha- no no, but she appeals to a huge demographic of real women. Yeah, we aren't going to put themselves through this agony. Exactly. Yeah, no. The thing is, is you're going to get this, and if and I wouldn't. Palin is, you know, she's an old bathing beauty. She was a, you know, she was a. She was very sexy when she was young. She was very sexy, and I thought yeah. she was sexy four years ago. And I was watching her on uh, somewhere. I must have been on Fox, obviously. And I was like, oh my gosh, she just looks like crap, and she looks tired and. Yeah, it's just not good. Not that her eyes look tired, but, you know, just tired of... Uh, it could be tiring, having your everything pulled back tightly. Anyway, who gives a crap? Um, Diane Feinstein. Let's talk about her for a second. I've been tracking Diane Feinstein uh, ever since the White House Insider and the Wall Street Insider, and ever since we actually found out that she popped the Osama bin Laden capture or kill uh, hours before the president announced it on television after apparently... The uh, Democrats had uh, um, one of their uh, biggest financial uh, consultants go rogue. They had him killed. Right, we've been talking about this because that guy probably found out that there are two Obamas or something, but that he had information. And uh, so they've been messing with Feinstein. They stole her campaign fund money. And uh, I don't know if you had time to watch it. Uh, I'm only through half of it at this point. But they had the uh, the uh, Security Council meeting, the uh, uh, Security Committee meeting. 
which Feinstein, of course, she's the chair of it. So she's big guana. And we've talked about the CIA being in a war with Obama. And she comes out in her opening statement, John. I was blown away by this. There are a couple of things I want to add, and I'm not sure this is a good place, but I'm going to do it anyway. In this morning's edition of the Los Angeles Times, there was an article asserting that CIA Director David Petraeus has been inaccessible and guarded in his interactions with Congress and with the intelligence committees in particular since being sworn in last September. As far as I'm concerned, nothing could be farther from the truth. And I believe the ranking member, uh, the vice chairman, would agree with that. So, I spoke to the so right off the bat there, that's very interesting because the Washington Post is, of course, corrupt. And they took, uh, you know, uh, uh, sources and they basically said, ah, you know, uh, this guy's not, you know, Petraeus, ah, he's not there, you know, the CIA. Did, did she say the Washington Post? Yes, she said the Washington you, Post. Can you play it again? Because I, I'm wondering why I heard the Los Angeles Times. I'm I just th- oh, baffled maybe, by I that. I thought she said Post. Well, yeah, but, I know, but I, I heard the Times and I'm, I want to hear it again so maybe, I can maybe I'm mistaken. why I misheard it. Maybe I'm mistaken. There are a couple of things I want to add. Be wrong. And I'm not sure this is a good place, but I'm going to do it anyway. In this morning's edition of the Los Angeles oh, Times. I'm sorry, you're right. I was wrong. Well, Los Angeles Times is, is corrupt too. <laughs> Hold on a second. This has been I just wonder why. What? If you see, it would made more sense, it would be the Washington Post. Because they would know. What was the Los Angeles Times? I think, I mean, oh, here's what happened. I think I saw the same report in the Washington Post, and that's why I got confused. Because Washington Post will just read. They'll repeat each other. They just Actually, it's the Los paste. Angeles Times that tends to rerun because they're a subscriber to the Washington Post so maybe news was, service. Mm, interesting. I like to look at the who where that story originated from. So uh, Just look it up while you're talking. But she's, yes, she starts by saying, uh, I, I don't know if I should t- talk about this here. That's a message. You know, it's like, hello, attention. I'm about to discredit your crappy ass media plant that you tried to put out there. Uh, and uh, but then she really pulls out the dagger and guarded in his act- interactions with Congress and with the intelligence committees in particular since being sworn in last September. As far as I'm concerned, nothing could be farther from the truth. And I believe the ranking member, uh, the vice chairman, would agree with that. I spoke to the reporter last Friday and made very... So she, check that out. She called the reporter. That's big. I think Diane Feinstein calling you, saying, hey, I don't know what Obama camp there is telling you to do, but you're wrong. Very clear to him that this has not been my experience, or to the best of my knowledge, the members of this committee. Uh, Good point uh, in the chat room. The L.A. Times is owned by the Chicago Tribune. That would explain it, wouldn't it? Oh, Chicago, yeah. Yeah. If it had been, I would have heard. Director Petraeus has appeared before us every month since becoming director. And the vice chairman and I have had several phone calls and other meetings with him. Now stand by. He has upheld his obligation to keep the committee fully and currently informed. And I regret that some people felt the need to engage in anonymous complaints. Some people. I'd also like to say that once again this committee has been put in a difficult position of trying to avoid any mention of classified matters when various parts of the executive branch um, may be doing somewhat the opposite. 
I ask members to be careful in their questions and statements and to remember that public discussion of some intelligence programs and assets can lead to them being compromised. So that, to me, is not an innocuous statement. That is a big deal for her to say the executive branch, i.e. the White House, is exposing CIA operations and therefore creating a risk to compromise of our assets. I think that's a big deal for her to say that. Yeah, I'd say. So there's a war going on that we are not fully aware of other than what we've been. She's obviously in the middle of it. She, well, she, she seemed very annoyed. <laughs> she, she always seems very annoyed. Um, so, uh, and so I'll finish the rest of that intelligence committee hearing. There may be more. And I think uh, I read somewhere. I haven't hit that point yet in the uh, in the C-SPAN recording that she says that she and Petraeus had a meeting with Mossad in Washington, D.C., a secret meeting. But she actually said it in this hearing somewhere. Which, uh, you know what that means. That means that uh, war with Iran is imminent. And it's going to be a drone war. Well, we did have a correspondent, uh, one of our... uh, I got another one. Okay, well, you want to go through those right now. Okay. I want to mention, by the way, that this uh, Ken Dillonian, I guess is the way it's pronounced. Who, uh, Who wrote the article? Wrote the article, used to be uh, with USA Today as a congressional correspondent, Rome correspondent, investigative reporter, political reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, That's where all the spies are in Philly. Yeah, it must be something like, I don't know. It's hard to say what what his connections are. I I don't see anything noticeable. I'm looking at his LinkedIn profile. So I got uh, regarding Iran. Uh, Adam and John, I was listening to your last show. I wanted to give you some info on the troops being deployed to Iran. Now, we have already had someone else uh, say this to us, which he, uh, we got a lot of good information. Could be disinfo, but I think this I hold this to be valid and credible. <clears throat> uh, info about the troops being deployed to Iran. I work at an establishment with military who have come back from Iraq and Afghanistan over the past few years. As working with these guys closely on a day-to-day basis who are still all around my age, we get to know these guys pretty well. As a no-agenda listener, I listen closely when they talk to me about the things they have seen or done in the Middle East. I've come across only three of these guys who claim to have worked in Iran while overseas. They say we have had special forces in Iran for quite some time now, mostly doing recon missions. Each of them are top secret, and the public is not supposed to know about it. These are white American males who are trained to speak Farsi and dress like the Iranians, depending on what region of Iran they are deployed to, and allowed to grow beards to fit in. When I asked them how they wouldn't look to be suspicious to Iranians, they generally said that, first of all, they spend most of their time in deserts and mountain regions where the population is sparse, and they only interact with the people if they have to, and they make it real quick. Also, they tend to send soldiers with Middle Eastern features, or better yet, any American Iranian who made it through special forces training. First time I heard this from one of the soldiers, I could hardly believe it, but hearing a similar story from three different ones, it interested me. I've been wanting to send this to you for some time now, but didn't know if I should... If I should, but hearing the last show about the girl's friend, about the girlfriend's boyfriend, I just thought that I had to let you know. So uh, boots are already yeah, on the this ground. It's not a deployed. surprise, though. It's is not it? a surprise, but it is uh, interesting to note because you know it, we've had some assassinations, we've had all kinds of weird stuff. Where going we had on. the students from the University of California caught in those same mountains that these guys hikers, are hanging out. And for hikers. all we know, it's just to exchange a thumb drive, <laughs> internet in a suitcase, passing it off to you now. Yeah, or something. I mean, who knows? I mean, we never find out, and it's only speculation. Yeah. And then we had that guy that was recently arrested, who was uh, yeah. So the, it's also he's just visiting a his mom. He's a student. 
He's a student. He's not, not a spy or an asset. He's a student. New key, new code word to look out for. Student. He used to use journalists. They could journalists nobody buys anymore. <laughs> it's like, journalists, you are a spy. The only person, you're the only true journalist I actually know. Well, you and Molly Wood, actually. I think she's a real journalist. But she would be a great spy, wouldn't she? Well, she looks more like the spy type. She was on CBS this morning talking about that Facebook IPO. She looked smoking hot. Well, she's very telegenic, so she should. Like, leave your fiancé hot. You're going to leave your fiancé for her? <laughs> no. That's what you said? I said that's how hot she looked. Uh, I'd be sure. <laughs> no, I already discussed this with Mickey. She agrees. Molly, what? Sm- the- Threesome? Oh, man. Hot tub. <laughs> hot tub. <laughs> hey, citizen. South by Southwest, baby. I got a clip from the, I, you have to go back because not you brought up to said she'd be a good CIA accent. I do have a clip that kind of applies. Okay. But it came in the last show and you didn't play it, which uh. is, uh, and it's one of the more interesting clips. Um, I have to, and I think we should play it cause it, it has a funny punchline. Um, ah, let me just look at your, uh, is it Booger T Washington? Is that the clip? <laughs> No, but you can play that again while I'm looking. Back on the Young Turks. Well, this morning we were talking with J.R. Jackson, who's our longtime producer, and he was saying, you know, every network and station covers uh, Black History Month in the same way. You find out about Booger T. Washington in, like, little snippets, et cetera. Booger, 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 Booger. So do I have to go back to the archive from the last show? Is that what you're telling me? Because I usually delete the ones we don't play. Oh, but it would still be in your email. You just can pull it down that yeah, way. Yeah, I think I might have deleted all of the email. No. I mean, it's archived somewhere, but not on this machine if you really need it. Oh, never mind. It's not that important. All right. Sorry about it's that. It's a funny line, though, and it has to do with good-looking women in the CIA, Can't which be... apparently there's quite a few. Well, yeah. This guy was, it was about, it's, a, it's the story about the Glock. It's very oh, interesting. Oh, right. No, I saw it. We didn't play those. It's Glock story part two. It's a little long. Yeah, I don't But they, apparently they, the guys who were promoting the Glock gun, uh, which is a, you know, which is a plastic gun that they, they everyone was buying left and right. They well, it's, decided it's, to make, do, do a big deal at the SHOT Show, which is a huge uh, trade show in Las Vegas. So they, so they used to wine and dine all the buyers from all the police departments and everybody at, at the Atlanta Gold Club. And there's a bunch of anecdotes about that. So they decided the guy who's the marketing guy is a genius, uh, apparently much better than I am at marketing our show. Uh, <laughs> and the guy decides to get the best looking girl at the gold club among the 300 strippers and decides to have her as the spokesperson at the show and to promote the heck out of us all. these. And apparently they packed the booth in because this girl is so gorgeous. Of course. Well, isn't that but exactly they- what you do? They said they had to train her, though, at the Glock facility so she knew how to use the gun, who could take it apart. So they put her in there with a bunch of police guys, uh, international <laughs> agents, and all this other stuff. And, but they, they didn't have the guts to tell them that these guys were training with a stripper. <laughs> so he said everybody just assumed she was with the CIA. Oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm actually I'm scanning to see if we can find that clip. That's okay. It's too long to play. I just played it. Fun okay. Yeah, you did. All right. All yeah. right. Onward. Yes. Uh, well, I had a weird dream last night, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Was and, it a vivid dream? Was it, it drug induced? It was no. It was a. It was a very vivid dream. And, it was a vivid dream. So you actually don't know if it was real or not. That vivid. Yeah. Well, no. I I know it was. I intellectually, I know it was a dream. But there was someone we know and respect 
And I don't know who it was, but I could feel it's like some guy. Someone we both know and both respect. Yeah, it's a very short list. <laughs> Two guys. <laughs> and, uh, and one of them I'm sketchy about. <laughs> but he was warning me. And he was saying, look, you know, uh, they, they know what you guys are doing. You're getting too close. You know, kind of like the Icarus flying too close to the sun. And, uh, and there's no, you can't go back now. But they're, they're going to try and get you. Uh, they're well, going to do it by choking off our funding. <laughs> well, it's working. <laughs> it was really weird. And I woke up this morning and there were two chemtrails in the sky. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. <laughs> but, uh, which we never have really in Austin. There's never an, and and they were like in the wrong direction because we have two flights a day basically coming over the house. That's about it. And they all come from a different direction. Mm. And uh, there were two chemtrail streaks just hanging there. So I don't know, maybe they chemtrailed me at night and I I had these dreams or they programmed me to say, look, why? Because you just got to stop or whatever. And it was weird. uh, Maybe this Feinstein thing you're on to. Something's up. That I think is is huge. The Feinstein thing is really big, and we've yeah, well. And, uh, and by the way, getting close, we only get as close as C-SPAN allows us. Yes. The rest <laughs> of it is all analysis. <laughs> Indeed, we do. Um, I got a great uh, clip here from uh, one of our Gitmo Nation East producers. And I'll remind you that a lot of this program is produced by people all around the globe because of our reach who send us stuff. And there's a member of parliament, uh, Michael Gove, G-O-V-E, he's the Minister of Education in uh, Gitmo Nation East. And they had this, uh, this is from a BBC podcast where they were asking him questions. And um, the clip by itself is funny, but then we've consulted the Book of Knowledge and it gets a little frightening. During the session, a number of MPs put to him questions that had been posted on Twitter. The Twitter. last was put by the committee chair, Graham Stewart. If you could be any James Bond villain, <laughs> which one would you be? Gosh! There followed a lengthy silence before Michael Gove came up with an answer. He would be Hugo Drax. Wasn't it Hugo Drax who was responsible for... Um... Um, the rocket in Moonraker, is that right? And the parliamentary clerk is nodding. I think Scaramanga had an interest in ballistics, um, but I think that um, having an interest in um, rocket science is probably more appropriate. The education secretary halted there after one committee member noticed that his advisers, sitting nearby, seemed keen for him to stop talking. And the reason why they seemed keen to have him stop talking is because, of course, everyone's like, Drake, uh, what, uh, we got to be Hugo Drax? Uh, uh, let me consult the Book of Knowledge. So, yes, Hugo Drax was the villain in Moonraker, but the master plan was to destroy the entire human race except for a small group of carefully selected humans, both male and female, who would leave Earth on six shuttles and have a sanctuary on a space station. So this is the minister of education who wants to be the guy who kills everybody. Oh, brother. I mean, what a douche. Or. I would have wanted being octopussy. <laughs> or. Or. Is he actually meaning this? Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously in the back of his mind. I mean, I would have out of the blue pulled up Hugo Drax unless I saw the movie the day before, which seems highly unlikely. I don't remember that name until you brought it up. 
He's not one of the great villains. I mean, he's a, it's a storyline. It works out. But, you know, I always think of Blofeld. I mean, that to me is the only guy I can remember that's a great villain in the in the Bond series. I always think of Blowfly, but that's just me. It's a different yeah. story. So, uh, anyway, that's very nice to know that the uh, education minister in the United Kingdom well, that, that's wants rem- to kill everybody. Did you see this, this, this movie going around the net on uh, chemtrails? Which one? <laughs> I think well, I the one that, that, that we all. got recently, in which discusses the meetings that were taking place. Oh, oh about what, yes, yeah. What, putting what, the aluminum dust in the air. Yeah, what the to, hell on earth are they spraying? You mean that because one? Because of, yeah, yeah. because oh. of the. Uh, oh. they're trying to cut down on, I'm sorry. Oh, they're trying to cut down on chemtrails. Oh. Ah! Yeah, nice going. You got me. <laughs> they're trying to cut down on uh, global warming, so they're going to put this shit in the air to get, you know, yes. kind of cloud up yes. the place. Yeah, that, that's, because, that's the excuse. And it's all submicron particles, which yeah. are actually toxic so as they yeah. come to earth no matter what you do you, you breathe them in you're yes, just poison, you you're poisoning yes. the entire yes. world the yes. globe yes yes that's yes. yes, what they're up to yes yes yeah what about it they're probably trying to kill us all <laughs> oh well finally it's taken me five years but he finally comes around ladies no, and gentlemen. no no i'm not coming around at all i'm just you saying are this, definitely, this seems I, suspicious. Busted. you're busted you're coming seems around suspicious you're coming around Good one. We got you. Ladies and gentlemen, another chemtrail truther, John Siegel. And by the way, you're the one, your chemtrail theory has always been they're spraying weird chemicals in the air so they can sedate the public so nobody complains too much. And it's different than killing off the public. It seems to be working, doesn't it? Well, you got a pretty passive group out there. Yeah, that's for sure. The kids are getting in on it now. Well, Okay, let's see what other other lively news do we have. Well, there was some stuff going on with uh, Lucifer. Lucifer's been been back. Well, before we go off into that, let's go back and and slow it down a little bit. Because I do have another. I wanted to get Chink out of the way. I got one more. (laughs) Chink. Chunk. His name is Chunk. Chunk, whatever his name is, that yeah. young Turks guy. He had, there were, you know, Cornelius, uh, Don, what, Don, Don Cornelius, Cornelius killed himself. So, over the yeah, you think so? Well, I got news for you, but go ahead. Well, you can change the, the end of the story. I don't care. But they, I, so Chink has this new set with a bunch of people sitting around doing nothing. I don't really get what they're trying to do. They're on this crazy. production people. They're, the, one guy is switching, one guy is editing. No, no, no. It's just a bunch of women looking at computer screens. They're not doing anything. One's uh, playing well, Angry Birds. Are they, are they hot? No. No, well, then, then they're doing it wrong. So anyway, so Chank gets this black guy in here who's going to tell us all about the history of Don Cornelius. And he puts some assertions in here that are just like, you're kidding, right? This is like, this is what you're going to, st- you're going to stay with this story? Obviously, it was, um, you know, a tragic story of his apparent suicide this morning. So um, things about Muzzle Star of the Month with Don Cornelius, who was the creator, executive producer, and first host of Soul Train. Soul as everyone knows Train. Who Soul Train, what Soul Train was. Yeah, it was a shitty show. Let me just say it right now. Soul Train sucked. Okay? They had bad acts on it. It was no good. The dancing was fun to watch back in the 70s. It was cool. But it was a, it sucked as a well, show. Well, listen to his assertion about the dancing. Uh, it ran for 35 years. It was the longest, longest running, first run, nationally syndicated program in television history. So that's first, that's really interesting. Second of all, what I didn't know was that he was the executive producer of it. Yeah. Whoa. I thought he was just, what rock? Have you been under, Chunk? It's the host. But it turns out he's the one that came up with the idea. He's Whoa. the one that pushed it forward. Started thing. He was pitching to, to several entities to try and get it going. And basically watching folks dance on TV was something that was pretty revolutionary. 
Absolutely. He's right about that. Watch what? It. No. Are you kidding me? Dick Clark had <laughs> dancing on TV 10 years earlier, and he had it on continually. Ye- dancing on TV was revolutionary? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I think what he meant to say, no, it's not. But was revo- the kind of dancing was revolutionary. The kind of dancing. We had some, cr- I mean, it was some crazy-ass dancing going on on Soul Train. But you're right. What the guy said is, is completely ludicrous. Yeah, uh, the, and, you know, okay, I agree. Now let's talk about this uh, obvious uh, uh, hit job. As our poor, actually, I have this jingle. Another tale of the Hollywood Whackers. <laughs> so uh, Don Cornelius, yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one. Don Cornelius. In 2008, he was convicted for assaulting his wife. And uh, they threw the book at him, really. They put him on, you know, 36-month probation. You had to do all kinds of crazy stuff because, you know, he he tried to really hurt her. Now, what's interesting is this woman, and who runs Hollywood, John? Who do we assert runs Hollywood? The mob. Which mob specifically? The Russian mob. The Russian mob. Uh, Her name is Victoria Chapman. That's not her real last name, by the way. Uh, Victoria with a K. She is a Rus- ex-Russian supermodel. And it turns out that they finalized uh, their divorce in 2009. Here's Don Cornelius's quote. I'm 72 years old. I have significant health issues. I want to finalize this divorce before I die. The divorce was indeed finalized later that year. And uh, part of the settlement uh, would give her about half a million dollars in life insurance should he die. However, stipulation, if he committed suicide within two years, then the policy would be void. Well, look at that now. The two years passes just a little bit, and he suicides himself, and she gets a big payout. A Russian supermodel. Hello, Hollywood! Another tale of the Hollywood Whackers. Guy was whacked. I like it. He was whacked. He was whacked. It's what happens all the time in and Hollywood. And by the way, if you look up, look her up and look at her images on Google, you get to see what happens when you have one too many facelifts. Right. So, she, Well, she probably needed to continue, and she's like called up her other Hollywood mobster friends. I am needing more facelifts. You must kill him. Poor, poor Don. But he was not a good guy. I mean, he uh, he was aggressive towards women. That's not okay. No one brings that up, by the way. No, so, no, oh. they say, like all these white guilt people. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's all these white guilt people going on and on about what a what a revolutionary character he was. Can somebody just say? And revolution- I, by the way, that show did suck. It sucked. Can someone just say that? Hey, Soul Train sucked. I did like the crazy dancing. That was kind now, of fun. I agree. They would stop in the right once or twice during the show. They would form a line, and then two or three of the super dancers would come out and do break dancing, early break dancing, right. things you'd never see anywhere else. Right. And that was the only the show. The only thing that was good about the show. And Cornelius was kind of full of himself when he was. He was the kinda, host. Kinda. Kinda. Oh. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Yeah. But and it was a syndicated show. That was kind of, and I, I'll give him that. You know, from a early syndicated show, he made a lot of money from a television. Uh, he didn't die broke. No, from a television executive producer standpoint, 
for him to keep that show on the air as long as he did. I think it went off. It actually did go off the air for a year or two. There was something that happened, and it came back with a new host. I remember that. And it sucked even more. Yeah. Yeah. And then by then, of course, we'd already had Club MTV and all that other stuff, and who cares? Yeah. But uh, you heard it here first. Uh, No one else on the mainstream media televisions will tell you that Soul Train basically sucked. (laughs) <laughs> they won't. This is true. The reporting is so it's pandering. Like people yeah. should people listen to our show. We do not pander to bull crap. No, no, that would that would be a waste of do, of sitting down every single day. I saw. I saw. Um, we, we don't have time for it. I saw that radio guy Pat, who runs like uh, seven or eight stations here in Texas. He was at a party I was at the other day. Yeah. And he said, oh, my God, you guys are my favorite show. So I can't believe he said, I had no idea the production values on your show. The fact that you guys don't prep anything and but then don't step on each other. And he said, I I don't know how you do it. We don't we don't prep working together. We prep prep a lot. Yeah. But well, that's what he meant. He meant you you don't you don't do any pre-production or anything. He works with morning shows, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Where they do a lot of pre-interviews and the kind of thing. In fact, I was doing the Generation X3 show and I and I finally gotten into everybody's head. Do not talk. Yeah. Unless the cameras are running. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. Because you just there's two things about it. One is you're wasting content that is valuable. It's worth money. Yeah. And you'll never say it again. You'd never say this again. For people out there who don't understand how most of this works out in, in the real world, you go to these shows and they put you in a green room and, and sometimes they bring in a producer and then they, they pre-interview you. For the, for the Jay Leno show, you have to go three days early to Burbank. I mean, unless you're like Hillary Clinton or uh, Michelle Obama, that's a little different. <clears throat> but you have to actually go to Burbank days in advance to sit down with the segment producer and then they'll listen to you and say, oh yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, I want to buy your cat. Yeah, bring that up. Or Jay will say, well, uh, tell me about uh, your cat. And then you launch into the story. I mean, you, when you watch this on television, that's how it's done. And it's it's insulting to intellectual human beings. Yeah, it's it's a phony. It's phony. Yeah. And he can't even with all the pre-production. He still can't interview them. It's weird. <laughs> no, well, he's just looking. He's just looking at his uh, cat story. Eh, what about doing your cat story? Eh, you've got an interesting story about a cat. I hear. I hear. <laughs> Isn't that exactly how it goes? Yeah. No, it's really bad. Hey, when are the uh, Oscars? Aren't the Oscars coming up soon? Must be right. We have them soon. I think they're in March, aren't they? Yeah. Well, let's that's, find that's, out. That's, that's let's real. consult the book of knowledge. Consult the book of knowledge. So, of course, everybody heard about these two uh, 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 Gitmo Nation East citizens. February 26th. Hey, citizen. Right. These two citizens who were arrested over their tweets that they sent. And they were uh, not allowed into uh, the port of Los Angeles because they had uh, tweeted some, uh, some English slang. And uh, the slang was yeah, this uh, is classic. Well, but it was another. It was another promotion, John. Oh, well, oh this yeah. one. Okay, you caught me off guard here. Yes, sir, Bob. It was another promotion. Um, I'm just looking for everything here. Here we go. Uh, so it's Emily Bunting and Lee Van Bryan uh, were arrested uh, because his tweet. He sent two tweets, and one is. Uh, the reason why they were caught, and the other one is the is the promotion. It's a why because type thing. 
So he said, we're going to destroy America, which is a very British euphemism for, you know, we're uh, a yeah, party party. Yeah, we're going to get drunk and, uh, you know, it's going to be a good time. Right. Yeah. Second, second tweet. Uh, we're totally, totally in L.A. Piss people off. We're going to piss people off on Hollywood Boulevard and dig up Marilyn Monroe. Hello. Promotion for my week with Marilyn. Yeah, a little belated, but it's a good promotion for the for that. Is she nominated for anything? Is that movie that, nominated? That, no, the, the actress that, is nominated for best actress. Oh, no, that movie is definitely nominated. It's a very good movie. And then you the, saw it? Yes, I did. Huh. You know, Miss Mickey. Did you go is, see Hugo 3D? No, still haven't seen that. Miss Mickey is a uh, is of course a SAG member, so she gets. Uh, uh, all the the Harvey Weinstein company and everything they send the, the DVDs for free. It's really funny, and it actually says uh, after you viewed this uh, viewing copy only, you must cut it up with scissors. <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna do that. <laughs> like anyone's gonna do it, idiots. But on the um, so I have a copy of and it's in the show notes at three seven nine er dot na show notes dot com. This is the... Uh, do not watch Hugo 3D off a DVD. No, no, no. We'd never do that. We're, we're waiting for... Uh, I, yeah, it's... Hello. Hello, darling. Hi. This one. Thank you, love. What? Hey, by, while you're talking what? about the SAGs, by the way, I do have... There was a call out for our show on the SAGs. Oh, no kidding. Play it. Uh, hold on. Are you leaving, Mickey? No. No? Okay. All right. Love you. Oh. <laughs> She's going to go see Molly. I think she heard the threesome uh, joke. <laughs> Tina Fey, John Krasinski, and Meryl Streep with a special in memoriam tribute. <laughs> I didn't. I watched the show. I didn't catch that. What is Meryl Streep with? A, here's what's weird about it. It was Meryl Streep with a special in the morning tribute. There was never any such tribute. Let's listen to they that just again. threw it in. Tina Fey, John Krasinski, and Meryl Streep with a special in memoriam tribute. Oh my goodness. A special in the morning tribute. I think a writer slipped it onto the prompter. One what, of our uh, what, in, insiders. What is that? A special in the morning tribute. What is in the morning? <laughs> it wasn't any. Just they just threw it out there You're in the morning. Me. That's amazing. And I watched yeah. the show. I didn't catch it. Oh well, you wow. weren't watching close enough. Anyway, on that's cool. I'm catching booger. So yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, by the way, uh, for that, my friend, I will give you uh, clip of the day. For the booger clip or this one? No, this one is better. Oh. So I'm looking at the official document, the withdrawal of application for admission uh, to the United States for this guy, this uh, Lee Van Bryan. Yeah. And it's in the show notes, and it says, during secondary examination, which, of course, you know, this this is where it happens, right? This tells you that it's a promotion, but it's funny here. And they're sending another message to us. Mr. Bryan was placed under oath, and his sworn statement was taken by CBP uh, Officer Mayman. Mr. Bryan confirmed that he had posted on his Twitter account <laughs> that he was coming to the United States to dig up the grave of Marilyn Monroe. But it actually says Twitter in the document. It doesn't say Twitter. It says Twitter. Wow. And so that's the that must be code. I'm beginning to think that when people use that in, inappropriately, it's code for something. Yeah, it's probably code to to tell us. The, the, wink, it's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge towards us. It's like, hey, just so you know, just so you know, hey, uh, Adam and John, here's the stuff you can use. Yeah, it is a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I, I can't find the 
the Rick Perry on the tweeters thing anymore. Did I lose that? Yeah, Rick Perry on the tweeters. Yeah, no, you probably, well, I, I still have it. I had it I somewhere. Think. Or that was your clip. Was yeah. it my clip? Yeah, but I haven't used that in a long time because it got well, old. When you have a problem like that, I have a new thing. Play permaclip one. Permaclip one. All right. Yeah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I don't know what happened to that one. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, it happens. Hey, by the way, here's something that that, that showed up. Um, we run through all my clips over one after another. But here, play clip Secret Service and Romney, and then realize that what we talk we we've, we've actually made a mistake. We we make mistakes on the show, but we made a big one here. And other caucus states. CBS News confirms that Mitt Romney will have Secret Service protection by Thursday. I was under the impression that he already had it, and we were under the impression that Ron Paul had it, but apparently not. No, Ron Paul's the guy who actually needs it. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, we know that uh, Valerie Jarrett has it, the true president of the United States. Yeah, why would she have it and Romney doesn't? It's interesting. Well, why does she need it at all? Yeah, I know. Maybe that's what the, the dream was about. Too close to the truth. I got a, uh, let me see if I can find this. I got a note from one of our, uh, another one of our, I get so many insiders. You know, they send this to me because I've got encrypted email and all that. Um, yeah, I, I don't have encrypted email. No. Send it to him. So we, so we know that uh, Hillary Clinton has a Lucifer. I'm going to have to change the name now. Uh, Lucifer has, uh, you know, does not get along well with the Secret Service at all. In fact, we've discussed on the show previously, she can never be president because then the, the Secret Service will blow the lid on her. And, well, and talk blow about the lid off of whatever it is they have the lid to blow. But she was notorious during the Clinton administration. I have some friends in Washington that told me that. They, of course, they were claiming that Clinton wasn't going to re get reelected because of her. And and she apparently treats the Secret Service like like scum. So I got a note from one of our uh, military personnel who listened to the show. He says, uh, one of my shooting buddies was on White House detail with the Secret Service and had to get four stitches in his head when Hillary threw a highball glass at him after he refused her order to fix her a drink. And he said, look, I'm a Secret Service agent, ma'am. I'm not your bartender. And you know what the code word is that all the Secret Service guy use uh, in uh, in D.C., but also when uh, like when she flies into Afghanistan, you know, what the, you know, they all have a code word, right? The, yeah, they all do. What's Obama's code word? Do we know his his uh, code name? I think we had it on the show once. I don't know what it is anymore. Hold on a second. Let's just find out. Yeah, that would be in the Obama's uh, book of knowledge. Secret Service code name. Let's see if the book of knowledge can help us out here. Um, renegade. What? Renegade. <laughs> really? Renegade. Really. Uh, do you know what uh, Lucifer's uh, code name is? Well, I'm looking. No, no, no. This is this is what this is not going to be on the book of knowledge. This is what the guys. Uh, well, it will be on the book of knowledge once this show gets uh, fanscribed. Uh, it'll be indexed. Well, here, wait, let me tell you what it says in the uh, national uh, the NNDB for her. Mm -hmm. So we, then you can give me the real one or the new one or whatever mm -hmm. they're using, because I'm sure that changes anyway. Yeah. 
uh, where are you? Hillary Clinton is, uh, Bill Clinton was Eagle. <laughs> Spread Eagle. <laughs> Eagle. Uh, Chelsea Clinton was Energy. <laughs> so she must have been a little go-getter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hillary Clinton was Evergreen. Well, the guys in Afghanistan, where this comes from, of course, call her Broomstick. <laughs> Broomstick. I love that one because it has so many multiple meanings. Yeah. Broomstick is on her way in. Warning, warning. 30 seconds till Broomstick arrives. Yeah, chuck, chuck, Broomstick. So here's, a, here's the clip on Broomstick leaving uh, that I promised you uh, on uh, Sunday show. You, uh, what could we do to persuade you to run for vice president? Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm so flattered. Let me get my broomstick. Well, um, f- first of all, it's, it's one of the, the, the most uh, extraordinary, wonderful experiences being able to work with all of you, uh. Uh, which I am always telling people uh, everywhere uh, how privileged I am. Um, I think um, I've, I have made it clear that um, you know, I will certainly... Uh, stay on uh, until the president nominates someone and uh, that transition can occur. Uh, but I, I think after 20 years, and it, it will be uh, 20 years, of being on the high wire of American uh, politics and all of the challenges that uh, come with that, uh, it would be a, probably a good idea to just find out how tired I am. Uh, everyone always says that when they leave these jobs. and. I think from, from my perspective, uh, I will you know, just work as hard as I can to the last minute I, I have the honor of being secretary and certainly do everything, no matter what I do, which I have no idea what it will be, uh-huh. uh, to support all of you. Uh, and I am uh, happy to work with Vice President Biden, who does an excellent job and is a huge uh, advocate and supporter uh, for this department and for USAID. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a little odd for me to be totally out of an election season, uh, since as Secretary of State I cannot participate. But you know, I didn't watch any of those debates. Well, there you have it. She's a self-professed tired bitch. There you go. So uh, let's go over some of these code names. These are kind of funny. This and by the way, they <laughs> do change. Like some people yes. have one, two, like George H. W. Bush was first sheepskin, then snowstorm, then timberwolf. Mm. So it's not. And Barbara Bush was snowbank, then tranquility. Tim, what was Barbara Bush's name? She was originally snowbank, then it was tranquility. Oh, Jimmy Carter was Dasher. <laughs> then Deacon, and then Lockmaster. <clears throat> Apparently, when uh, Obama visited the Gitmo Nation East, uh, they called him, the officials there uh, had codenamed him Smart Alec. That's just from the Book of Knowledge, so I don't know if it's true. Well, it's, it's not listed here. He's, here he's listed as Renegade, which you said. Yeah. And Michelle Obama is Renaissance. Oh, I'm looking at the same document now that you have. Okay. Yeah, then M- M- Malia Obama's Radiance, Sasha is Rosebud, Sarah Palin is Denali. Denali? That's interesting. Yeah, Denali and Todd is Driller. Really? <laughs> what is Denali? JFK was Lancer. Hmm. Cindy McCain, Parasol. John- I, my favorite here is you got, you got the Reagan ones. Reagan was always apparently... Uh, Rawhide, but Michael Reagan, the uh, talk show host, is Riddler. Which uh, is, 
Nancy Reagan Rainbow. Oh, Dick Cheney, codename Backseat. Ooh, as in Backseat Driver. Yeah, probably. That's, that's kind of good. These are good. I like these. And this is like if Frank Sinatra apparently had some code name. <laughs> Napoleon. Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we need some cool code names. Yeah, well. I mean, Crackpot and Buzzkill, that's, that's like public knowledge. Now we need some, like, secret code. So, anyway, uh, Broomstick is uh, hanging out. And who was visiting Washington but our very own favorite Thai-eating shill from Georgia... Mikhail Saakashvili. Now, we know from reading the uh, National Defense Authorization Act, all 908 pages of it, what are we doing? Lucifer was there just a uh, um, couple of weeks or months ago. Time flies. Uh, and what did we approve in the National Defense Authorization Act? Do you recall, John? Well, the main thing that everyone's upset about is now a habeas corpus is out the window. The U.S. military can police the streets of the American cities and arrest the public at large and then intern them for unknown periods of time in a detainment uh, facility, including Gitmo. Right. But there was also a provision in there for weapon sales to Georgia. Remember that? Uh, actually, I don't remember it, but it sounds right. Yeah. So, and Hillary's uh, her her job is to go uh, complete the sale. So she does one of her clippity clop meetings. There's a little bit of clippity clop in the clip, a clippity clop clip. And uh, just listen to uh, what she says about how awesome our relationship is with Georgia. Well, it's a pleasure to uh, welcome the president here to the State Department. We've had a number of excellent uh, meetings and consultations here in Washington. Oh, yes. Uh, starting uh, with the very comprehensive uh, meeting he had with President Obama in the Oval Office. Uh-huh. Uh, Georgia is a valued uh, partner. To kill people with. Uh, they are actively participating. Uh, in Afghanistan to kill people where Georgian soldiers are showing great uh, courage killing people and professionalism um, we are pursuing uh, a, a system of uh, consultations uh, consultations John consultations about killing people to determine uh, the way forward on further trade and investment uh, invading Iran uh, there's a lot of work going on in our uh, bilateral uh, uh, consultations okay, to kill people on uh, education, on health, on good governance, on rule of law, on and killing people, defense and security cooperation. Ah, there it so, is, defense and security cooperation. That's it, killing people. Um, the president's had a very busy week here, and uh, more people for him to see. Uh, there's a great deal of interest in Georgia uh, to kill people. So then he visits with, uh, well, you heard her refer to it, with President Obama, who makes just about the biggest flub in international foreign politics who, I've ever heard. Who visits with him? Shakasvili. Oh, okay. So n- let's recall, when was, Shakas- uh, when was Georgia in the news? I don't know, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and what happened? What happened is... All of a sudden, fighting broke out between the Russians and Georgia. The mainstream media played it off like, oh, poor little Georgia was attacked when there is undeniable proof that Georgia attacked the Russian troops. You recall us discussing all this, And we had a lot of uh, evidence to that effect, and we also found the phony websites and who owned them and all the rest of it. Now listen to our president, the leader of the free world, speaking to... The arch enemy of the Russians. The eighth anniversary of the Rose Revolution. 
Uh, I think uh, Georgia should be extraordinarily proud of the progress that it has made uh, in building a sovereign and democratic country. Uh, and one of the first things that I did uh, was express uh, my appreciation for the institution building that's been taking place in Russia, uh, in, in Georgia. Oh, God. What an idiot. <laughs> He actually said uh, Russia. And, uh, 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 wait a minute. Guy who eats Thai. Oh, yeah, Georgia. I'm sorry. Wrong douchebag. Well, there goes his statue. <laughs> there goes the Obama airport sign. Yeah, I mean, you know Obama's angling to be take George Bush's place. Yeah, of course. You and, know, as a, as a guy whose street's named after him. No, it's, it's George Bush Airport. It's yeah. George Bush Airport. Yeah, but to say yeah. that. And, yeah, and you look, and you see Saakashvili literally like, uh? <laughs> like, did, did I did I really just hear him say he was so proud of Russia? <laughs> oh, that is that to me that that those kinds of things back in the seventies, John. They used to that we would call that an international incident. Yeah, totally. Well, nobody played it up at all. Uh, came across a funny clip. What? Remember we uh, we played Obama backwards, and uh, yes, we can. And if you played that backwards, it was like, like I love Satan or something. <laughs> right? Wasn't that? Do it? we still have that clip? I should take a look. Let me see. Uh, yes, we can backwards. Yeah, I think we have it somewhere. Because uh, someone else did some backmasking on his... Uh, oh, thank you, Satan. That's what it was. Uh, let's see if I can find this. No, it's not. I don't have the actual clip. I've got like some YouTube thing, which will probably not be what we want, but might be worth it. Uh, let's see. Yes, we can. 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 Now, let's go. Thank you, say. 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 Thank you, Satan. Thank you, Satan. Pretty clear, right? Yeah, it says, thank you, Satan. Yes. Thank you, Satan. So this is a clip from... I, there's more. That's a classic. We need to keep that. Yeah, I, I, I really should. Um, this is him saying the alien saucers uh, are coming, and it's from it's from his uh, inauguration speech. With greater cooperation and understanding between nations, we will begin to responsibly leave Iraq to its people and forge a hard-earned peace in Afghanistan. The power of alien saucers. I'm not getting that one. It's a little hard to hear through Skype. Uh, no, I'm not getting it. I hear it fine through Skype. Really? Well, listen again. The power of alien I think that's pretty clear. In, a, in on Neptune, it's <laughs> not clear. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. 
St. Agnes, South Australia, $126. Don't mention my name, Julie, in Eaton, Colorado, $111.11. Hi, guys. I'm a sys admin. Last year, I asked for vacation karma. It worked. Oh, good. No one even noticed I was gone. <laughs> that's sys admin. I don't know if that's good, but I'm glad yeah, it worked out so I'm out trying to get you. my luck and go on vacation again. Can I have some more vacation karma to ward off any disasters while I'm gone? Love you guys, Julie. You've got... Karma. Sure, Julie. We're happy. Happy that worked out for you. Thank you so much. Michael Stadduhar, 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 in uh, somewhere. I think uh, it's Arab Emirates, a, maybe. It looks like he's in the military. Yeah. $101.01. Thanks for the greatest show in the universe. Greatest podcast in the universe. You missed my donation of January 1st. Hmm. Well, that's weird. I think so. But my goal is to complete a 12-12-12 knighthood in December. It will leave me a few weeks to enjoy being a knight before the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to make sure you get in on that. There's no time There's not, no time like the present. And by the way, why don't you just give all your money to the show? Because you're going to die anyway. Yeah, so the end of the world. And yeah. what was the date? The 20th? 21st. 21st of 21st. December. 21st. Okay. Yeah, we should at least have some fun. Oracle Broadcasting, Round Rock, Texas. That's in your neck of the woods, $100. Yeah, Ken Burchill. Or Birchill. Birchill. Probably Birchill. In Ottawa, Ontario, $88.00. Hi, John and Adam. I'm an avid cyclist, and I heard Austin is very bicycle friendly. <laughs> Adam, are you bicycle curious? Wow, Get it? wow. Yeah. Uh, well, Lance Armstrong not only lives here, but he trains for the Tour de France in uh, Austin because the hills are, uh, the inclines, etc., are very similar. And uh, there's a lot of guys uh, cycling. Because we have uh, really big uh, shoulders uh, on our roads here. Oh, that's here. nice. Well, yeah, you, you need that. You can ride like three guys uh, side by side and not bother anybody. It's good. And, and add, can you add him to the birthday call out list, Ken Burchill? Yes, of course. I'd be happy to. So I don't Ken. think he got listed. No, he didn't. Good call, Ken Burchill. Johan Badenhorst in London, $77. Hey, citizens, just a small donation so hey, I can citizen. finally get de douched. You've been de-douched. What did I no, do wrong? Okay. I was going to guess for a, a, a combo, but then the karma's for his wife. Oh, okay. Juanette. Okay. You've got karma. And he says, hail the foot, Johan Badenhorst. <laughs> hail the foot, hail Johan <laughs> Badenhorst. Hail the foot, Johan. Yeah, you can use that for your uh, phone. Patrick Vaughn in Traverse City, Michigan. Again, fit double nickels on a dime. Hit me with a Hey Citizen Karma. Oh, uh, oh ooh, ooh. Hey Citizen Karma. Okay, let's go. Hey Citizen. You've got karma. Lockdown, a new job. Could use the luck. Thanks for the, making the best podcast in the universe. Alan Bean in Oakland, $50. Uh, back donating after two months off donating to the show so I could donate to Dr. Paul's run at the representative nomination. Hmm. Hence all our donations. <laughs> That's where the money's going. Huh? That's, okay, now I get it. That's where all the money's going. Huh? Oh, all right. uh, Andrew Haverson, Gravenhurst, Ontario, $50. Christopher Lawton, Dart- Dartmouth, Massachusetts, Nuts, $50. Greg, Br- Greg Brunsell in Kenosha, Wisconsin, $50. And Scott Melkothian in Tokyo, 
uh, $50. Uh, Mark Boykers, Boykers, Bukers, Bukers. Bukers. Buker, Buker. Could be Bukers, it could Bukers, be Burkers. Yeah. Chain Valley Bay, New South Wales, $50. And that's all we got. Yay! So that's our short, uh, and, you know, oh well. I'm making a call. I'm- <laughs> This is already a short month. I'm making a call right now. If, uh, if, uh, and- well, it surprises me that we had like a really lousy Sunday and we usually, it usually gets made up for. Yeah, but the, but the, here's the, the fact of the blather is that we're working very hard doing this all, uh, literally all the time. I mean, I'm always on my phone. If I'm mobile, I'm always collecting stories. We run a huge, uh, uh, infrastructure for uh, collecting stories. Uh, we have the Noah the News Network. We got the show notes. We're watching C-SPAN. We're, we're at, for Christ's sakes, excuse me, didn't mean to take the Lord's name in vain. We're watching Rachel Maddow. Oh. You know, this is like, this is, so you don't have to, by the way. I think we're bringing unique entertainment. And it just seems like a lot of people just saying, oh, well, whatever. Times are tough. Screw them. Screw them. Hey, enjoy the entertainment. No, the value for value model was built upon the idea that we could bring support. you, yeah, we could bring you a show. That, support, yeah. Well, support. What did I say? Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, value I'm saying for value. Support. We need support. Yeah, we, need, we need support, but like real support, not last year's support. You know, I'm glad. And seriously, I'm very happy. I live in Austin because my rent is lower. Everything, everything is low, except for uh, uh, what do you call that stuff? The gas, gasoline. No, the liquid. Oh, uh, natural gas. Yeah, no, the yeah, the ch- gas. Your gas and electric bill. No, no, yeah, what do you call the gas? They call it, uh... It's called gas. No, 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 it's, uh... Pacific Gas and Electric, we pay for gas. No, they call it... Methane. Something with a P. Propane. Propane, thank you. You have propane there? Yeah. Is that heat the house or what? Yes, yes, because we don't... So that's like, this is like the king of the hill with the guy that... We're out in the sticks, man. We, We have a septic tank. We barely have water. Do you have a septic tank and propane? You're that far out in the middle of nowhere? I can't afford to live in the city. Huh. South Congress. I can't afford that. Well, I didn't know you were like that, boy. I'm telling you. Why do you think I have guns in the house? We're out here, man. Anyone could, they could kill us and no one would know about it until the next show. And then maybe not even then. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, 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 dis- connection. it's disappointing to me. Yeah, okay. Well, it's disappointing to me to an extreme. Doesn't matter. Uh, but I will say, if by the end of this month it hasn't picked up, I, I want to go back to one show a week because I have to do something else. That's not a threat. It's a promise. I just got to do. I got to do something else. Done. How about yeah. you? Well, if you're starving to death, you yeah, got kids and you got two kids in school. I got one that's going to go to college. I'm going to be really up against it. Yeah. And we got a tax. If you bill look at these up. prices at college, is it's it's, it's it's a scam. Yeah. Yeah, it is a scam. Yeah, we're being scammed left, left and right. But it's right. but just again, you're spending money on entertainment. You're spending money on news and information. Please consider spending it on, on us. Why? Because we need the donations. Why? Because we need the value for value. Why? Because we said so. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> that one yeah, one, almost one too I'm far. Not sure. One too I far. I feel like writing a check. One too far. Exactly. And here's how you do it. Dvorak.org slash NA. At least until they shut us down based on your dream. And let me see what the chat room says about this. Let's see. Show needs more original content. 
It's all original content. Thank you, Whammo. Why don't you go pound yourself? <laughs> what do you mean? What kind of, what, I'm talking now. Is this like a copy of myself? Apparently. No, these, these, are, <laughs> these are people who sit at home in their underwear. I mean, I'm in my underwear, too, when I do the well, show. Well, this is the chat room. The chat room is, a, you know, is what it is. There's always somebody like that in the chat room. Needs more original content. What does that mean? That's all we have is original content. And I love you don't people, get, is this I, something that you hear on MSNBC or <laughs> is this something you hear on CNN? No, I don't think so. Uh, no, I, I'm, this is funny now. This is good. Okay, the show needs more alien talk. There you go. Needs well, more, there might be some truth to that. So needs it seems more, that some of the crackpot stuff seems to be very appealing to a large group of the audience. Needs more cowbell. Boo-hoo, I can't pay my mortgage. No, well, if you can't pay your mortgage, then don't donate a dollar. A dollar. Needs more car. You know, I did, we did the cowbell once. Okay. Well, we'll try that then. Hold on. No, I got a cowbell too. I'm not going to use it. I think it's annoying. What? Cowbell. I think what's really missing is this. There you go. I'm done. Done ranting. That's a terrible cowbell. You uh, please consider um, donating for uh, February the 14th. Why? Because nothing says I love you more than donating to No Agenda and supporting the program. Is How it, about donating on the 10th? Is it we missed that palindrome. <laughs> 2 10 12 is a fantastic five-number palindrome. Is it possible the show has just run its course? No, I think a lot of it had to. I think we've lost a lot of. Uh, well, that's yeah, that's that is a possibility. I think about that once in a while, but I'm not gonna. But that takes a longer run of no donations than a couple of weeks or even a month. Um, that's what I'm saying. End of February. That's what it's I'm thinking. It. It's that possible. It's possible. Just run its course. course. Maybe it's just done. I don't know. It's uh, people have heard. They, they finally got the message. They have can't get anyone else to listen. <laughs> we have a lot of people that say yeah. uh, they won't even listen to the show. They'd rather just be in the days of you know whatever the mainstream media Wolf Blitzer tells them and 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 advertising. They a lot of people would prefer. You know, Leo, by the way, and he makes it very public. Leo is now at a run rate. Leo is doing like nine million dollars. You're kidding me. Nine million dollars. Yes. Wow. Good on him. Well, I mean, I have to say, he took an approach that was commercial. It wasn't, and he doesn't overdo the commercial, but he does have these long commercials, and it's to sell you stuff, and uh, it's different approach than we have, which is just a donation model. And if you, you know, that, that a lot of people, I guess, they'd rather, it, typically when you watch TV or listen to the radio, you're getting one, two minutes of content and one minute of commercial. So you're just listening. Most of your time is being wasted. It's a waste of people's time the way I well, see it's not, it. But it's not just that. It's like it's. Well, I think that's a huge it, part of it. It is a part of it. But, you know, and I uh, I respect Leo and uh, for what he's done. I think that's I didn't know about the nine million. I think that's out, outstanding. And I congratulate him. But of course, you know, he can't. He's a lot more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, really. He's more relaxed than we are. But he can't really talk about everything because you can't. You know, when you have sponsors, and of course he talks more about gadgets and shiny things. and you know. He likes to go into politics once in a while, but he knows he can't go too far because he'll get some sponsor. Sponsor perked. will pull out, exactly. That, or, yeah, or, or, that. or you get some group of people who say, screw you, we're going to uh, tell your sponsors not to, not to be on your show. And we wouldn't last a second with sponsors on this show. Not a well, second. We could, no, we could do it, but we the show would would be would just, suck. We'd be, it would be like any other morning show or a zoo. We'd or be the sole trade of, of podcasts, baby. 
one of these, it would still be the greatest podcast in the universe with no content. That's right. Hello, everybody. It's the Soul Trainer Podcast here. <laughs> oh, well, but I, but I am serious. You know, I got a kid coming out here. I got to pay for her. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens over the next uh, month. But don't forget. Uh, you mean uh, Remember. The 10th of February is a great, great palindrome. Remember. Not don't forget. You always do that. Now, how, what have Life we learned? Fans. What have we learned? We've learned. Actually, yes, I think this. I, yeah, well, yeah. we learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, citizen. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's your birthday, birthday. I'm no agenda. Well, apparently people still like to pay money to have their name mentioned on the greatest and best podcast in the universe, and we do that usually in the form of birthdays, so let's do that. Ken Berlickman, uh, he celebrates his birthday on Saturday. Happy birthday. And, of course, Alexis Richardson, she celebrates, uh, actually, she congratulates herself as uh, she had her birthday yesterday. So happy birthday on behalf of everybody here that we're supporting, barely just getting by on the No Agenda podcast show. And then uh, Christopher Lawton, who came in with uh, his final $50 for today. Uh, we can knight him. So, uh, Ooh, hold on. Let me get my I'm, thing. I'm glad we paid the, uh, I'm glad we paid for the rings in advance. <laughs> so come on over, Christopher. We're very, very happy that people like you support, uh, the program and understand our value for value model. And because of your support up to $1,000, you not only receive that glistening night ring to go hit people in the mouth with, but we also bestow upon you the title of Sir Christopher Lawton. Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. My friend, as an extra bonus, we have for you right over here at the roundtable, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, if that's your preference, and certainly hot pants and booze. Come on in. All right, enough bitching. Well, to change the topic, now I don't want to change the topic too much, but uh, you know the uh, <clears throat> the Mormons? Yes. You've heard of them. Yes. We have several, the, We have a lot who listen to the show, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we do. Don't piss them off. Because they correct us every so yeah, often. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the, you know, the Mormons are the ones behind all the genealogy sites and the popularity of genealogy and all the rest of it because the Mormons believe, and the Mormon can correct me on this, but they generally believe that uh, you can find one of your old relatives who's dead, who's been dead, and you can rebaptize them mm-hmm. in... Uh, in the grave, and then they can become saved, or you know, they can kind of post facto. Now, uh, you're really doing a horrible job at explaining this. I really don't understand. Well, whatever the case is, the Mormons like to, or the let's just put it this way: they're behind all the genealogy databases. Uh, if you go to, hey, don't, for they, example, don't they have the biggest database in the world of everybody? Yeah, they, yeah. if you want to find out about your relatives, and you, you can, the Mormons are the, are the one of the better places. The Ancestry.com is the one that is one of the leading. Is that uh, is that a Mormon outfit? Yes, it's in headquartered really? in Provo, Utah. Really, it's, I didn't know that. It's, it's in Provo. I mean, I, oh. I don't see where it says a Mormon, but and they run genealogy.com, myfamily.com, rootsweb.com, footnote.com. They own a, they 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 own the place. That's a that's a very successful company, by the way. So I saw this commercial done by them, mm-hmm. which has white people. And black people finding out who they're related to, and all the black people seem to be related to the same person. Obama? And, no, no, 
This is why this is why this is this this is the clip that says weirdest commercial messaging ever. I'm not quite sure what they're trying to tell us, but I found the whole thing to be slightly disturbing. What can I say about Ancestry.com? My adventure began when I received a leaf pointing me in the direction of my great-grandfather, who was a pilot with the Flying Aces in World War One. On my mother's side, I found an aunt who traced her lineage all the way back to Thomas Jefferson. I was able to trace my bloodline back to nobles and even a king. I discovered I'm a direct descendant of Eric the Red. After only a couple of hours on Ancestry.com, I was able to trace my family line all the way back to none other than our third president, Thomas Jefferson. Marie Antoinette. Thomas Jefferson. Aristotle. Thomas Jefferson. Alexander the Great. Thomas mother. Jefferson. <laughs> Join Ancestry.com and begin a one-of-a-kind journey into your unique past. Because you never know where your story begins. Wait a minute. Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> I'm expecting someone to go, Wheezy? Really? Did you find that a little peculiar? What's up with the Thomas mother effing Jefferson bit? Everybody who said Thomas Jefferson was black. Of every course. white person was related to somebody else, but every apparently every black man in the world is related to Thomas Jefferson. This guy was, I guess, screwing everybody. <laughs> hey, hey, slave, come over here. Let me show you something. I'm Thomas Jefferson. Wow. Yeah, I, fi- I find this somewhat insulting on the one hand and uh, bogus, <laughs> and also it's, it's messaging it. What is the message? Of the, you know, because we're looking at, you know, they're, obviously the Ancestry.com folks are big supporters of Romney, let me guess. I could be wrong. Mm. And uh, what is the point of this messaging? I, I've thought about it. I thought it was kind of uh, raci- racist uh, and insulting because there's all this anti-Jefferson stuff going on. Because this is actually an anti-Jefferson or or Jefferson or a white man is a hypocrite or I don't know. What, now, wait a minute. We, the, ha- we have there the, are, there's there's messages in here and it, I just can't figure them well, out. Well, help me out here. Um, often in politics, you hear people talk about the Hamiltonians and the Jeffersonians, right? Yeah. So what's the difference between the Hamiltonians and the Jeffersonians? Well, offhand, I'm not sure. But it had to do with monetary policy, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Uh, But whatever the case is, is is this possible? I don't think this has anything to do with that. mm. Is this possibly trying to say to black people that they're really, you know, kind of part of the same family and they actually have (laughs) better lineage? They have better lineage than the white people who are, you know, they were just kind of, you know, Marie Antoinette is a bad lineage. I mean, she's like a a creep who had her head cut off because she said, let them eat cake. So, so. So they're saying all you black people should get on board here with Romney because you're really all related to Thomas Jefferson. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's, it, I agree. It is very disturbing the way that uh, particularly the guy went, Mother Evan Jefferson. I mean, that was like, wow. It was a woman. Um, really? Yeah. Some- and it, it kind of uh, somehow it felt racist. The whole thing. No, I felt when I first saw it, I thought it was racist, and then I started thinking about the the Mormon connection, hmm. and I started thinking, well, maybe they're trying. Maybe there's some sort of subtle messaging going on here to kind of you know because there's a there's a belief that the Mormons hate blacks, and uh, or they you know because some years back I guess they didn't let them in the church. They do now, and uh, I don't know. I just find that the, found the whole thing to be slightly disturbing. At the same time, I know it's trying to do accomplish something, but it. Uh, not sure what. 
trying to find out. I'm uh, consulting the Book of Knowledge here. Thomas Jefferson, sex with slaves. Let's see if that results in anything. Hmm. No. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know what that means. One of the mysteries we bring up here on our lack of original content show. <laughs> lack, the lack of, well, the, the whole thing is you played a clip that's not original content. See, well, we're media. Is, right, right, or we can't criticize this ad. How are we going to criticize this ad if we don't play the clip? Yeah. How do we understand anything if we don't play uh, the clip unless we want people left in the dark, tell them to go watch something that was on three days hey, ago? Hey, hey, hey. What kind of thinking is it's this? It's just someone in the chat room, John. Take it easy. Uh, All right. So CBS. Which is, is CBS still owned by Viacom? Or did they, did uh, Sumner Redstone sell that part? As I far as I know, they still are. Let's take a look in the Book of Knowledge. So CBS. Book of Knowledge Day, ladies and so gentlemen. So CBS is, uh, now we know that ABC is completely compromised. We got Stephanopoulos in there. We have uh, the president's, uh, senior, one of his senior advisors is uh, ABC News uh, president's uh, sister, uh, Valerie Jarrett's all it's just all the whole thing is compromised. CBS is always kind of interesting to me. Uh, yeah, they're, well, now they're owned by a media conglomerate, hmm. but I think Redstone's still involved. So CBS is really going hard at uh, the Obama administration. Yeah, Redstone is still the executive executive Sumner. chairman, so they just basically just scam some money from someone. Well, someone's paying him to do this. So first, CBS has this report, which was exclusive, according to Charlie Rose. And when did Charlie Rose become a CBS shill? I mean, I didn't know this. Yeah, he, he took over. They, they were having their morning show was the, one of the worst things ever. And it was just losing audience. And so they fired everybody except Erica Hill right. and put in Charlie Rose and, and, and this black woman who I've seen on other shows who's very vibrant, but she's. She's not that entertaining. Isn't that and Gale? Rose is just a Rose is, is the main guy. He's like the the uh, Brian Gumble of the morning of the morning set there, and he's so depressing. I don't oh. know what they were thinking. Tell me, uh, tell me about your sexuality and your DNA. So he's uh, by the way, he 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 did the segment with Molly Wood this morning. I could swear he was looking at her boobs. Sure, he was. So see, you can ask her later. I will. Or she'll never get on again, so never, never mind. <laughs> it's all over now. Hey, Adam and John, thanks for ruining my career. <laughs> hey, join the club. All right, so there's two reports. Uh, the first one is quite astounding to me. Uh, you thought Solyndra was the only company? That I never thought that. They had a bunch of companies that they've been scamming money How to. How much money do you think in total the, they've put into these alternative energy companies from the uh, American Reinvestment Act? Turns I out, I guess about up to five billion. Six point, I think two billion dollars, and most of them are going bankrupt. Listen to the report. Uh, they're all going it's bankrupt. been four months since the FBI raided bankrupt Solyndra. It received a half billion tax dollars and became a political lightning rod. Republicans claiming it was a politically motivated investment. We counted twelve clean energy companies that are having trouble after collectively being approved for more than six point five billion dollars in federal assistance. Five have filed for bankruptcy. The junk bond rated Beacon, Evergreen Solar, Spectrawatt, AES's subsidiary Eastern Energy, and Solyndra. Others are also struggling with potential problems. Nevada Geothermal, a home state project personally endorsed by Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, ah. warns of multiple potential defaults in new SEC filings reviewed by CBS News. It was already having trouble paying the bills when it received $98.5 million in Energy Department loan guarantees. 
Sun Power landed a $1.2 billion loan guarantee last fall after a French oil company took it over. On its last financial statement, Sun Power owed more than it was worth. First Solar was the biggest S&P 500 loser in 2011, and its CEO was cut loose, even as taxpayers were forced to back a whopping $3 billion in company loans. Nobody from the Energy Department would agree to an interview. Last November, at a hearing on Solyndra, Energy Secretary Stephen Chu strongly defended the government's attempts to bolster America's clean energy prospects. In the coming decades, the clean energy sector is expected to grow by hundreds of billions of dollars. We're in a fierce global race to capture this market. Economist Morisi says even somebody as smart as Secretary Chu, an award-winning scientist, shouldn't be playing venture capitalist with tax dollars. Tasking a Nobel Prize mathematician to make investments for the U.S. government is like asking the manager of the New York Yankees to be the general in charge of America's troops in Afghanistan. It's that absurd. So... Watching this report, and it was much longer than this. This was uh, edited down for your protection and convenience. This coincides with exactly what the Ulsterman uh, White House insider was saying, is that the real scandal of the Obama administration, the real scandal, is all this money they gave to their cronies with the, uh, with the stimulus. And that that is what... Um, the, uh, uh, the, the, the people in power, the people with all the money, are really trying to bring to the forefront is that o- the Obama administration, which I think is just a small club of people connected to Chicago, took our money and gave it to, like, you know, Harry Reid's buddy there in, uh, uh, in Nevada. And that this scandal is supposed to be bigger than Fast and Furious. And now I'm seeing CBS doing this report. I mean, I think that's that's significant, and we'll see if more comes out, if more jump on board. Uh, but in the big money game, John, I'm thinking that this really is a push to discredit the Obama administration. Yeah, it could be, and it could also be just a tip of the iceberg. Well, that I think for sure. This, uh, and, and I'm not quite sure where to look. You know, I, I love doing this stuff. Um, although I will say that one company got $3 billion. It's, it's, that's so much bigger than Cylinder, but no one's talking about it. That was First Solar. Did we ever talk about First Solar? No. $3 billion? And guaranteed loans. Now another CBS program, 60 Minutes, lays into, you were talking about it earlier, the National Defense Authorization Act, Section 1021. Please do not look for 1031 as uh, the mainstream media is trying to uh, distract you and trying to steer you away from where the real language is. So we have the uh, the guy interviewing uh, Panetta, Leon Panetta, the uh, the current uh, director of uh, he's a defense secretary uh, who used to be CIA. Little swip swap there, and he and he specifically says, "Hey, wait a minute! You can now go and drone American citizens." Now this answer from Panetta is so meme driven. Everything, every meme we ever talk about on this show is in his answers. Well, you know, without, without getting into the specifics of the operation, um, if, if someone is a citizen... There's the first one. A citizen. ...of the United States and is a terrorist who wants to attack our people and kill Americans, in my book, that person is a terrorist. Now... Did you hear what he just said? If you're a terrorist 
then in my book, you're a terrorist. Yeah, he said if you're a terrorist, you're a terrorist. Yeah, that's exactly. It's not, it's not like with the definition of a terrorist. He just says if you're a terrorist and you want to kill American people, not you're killing. No, if you want to kill American people, then in my book, you're a terrorist. So a terrorist is a terrorist. And the reality is. And by the way, has he published his book? What book is that? This guy is very, very dangerous. That under our laws, that person is a terrorist. So, under our laws, that person is a terrorist if they're a terrorist. It makes no sense. And we're required under process of law. Okay, i got to stop again. What is process of law, John? What the hell is that? What is the process of law? Well, it, would, it, it implies due process, but he yeah. never says that. And there is no due process if you're just going to define some, some average person as a terrorist. Because in his book, you're a terrorist. Because you're a terrorist if you're a terrorist. In my book. In my book. <laughs> and Now uh, out in hardcover. <laughs> so, it, the pro- so anybody can be a terrorist, essentially. I mean, for pretty much, you know, complaining, complaining to the government about the... F- Food stamp program, well, whatever. Uh, bitching too much, sending too many letters, and you could be defined as a terrorist. Person is a terrorist, and we're required under process of law to be able to justify that, uh, despite the fact that this person may be a citizen, he is first and foremost a terrorist. Who th- My God! No, you're first and foremost a, a citizen. citizen. Thank you. You're not first and foremost a terrorist. That is that. This is so outrageous. You're first and foremost a terrorist. No, you're always a citizen first before anything else. This guy is an a-hole. ...able to justify that uh, despite the fact that this person may be a citizen, he is first and foremost a terrorist who threatens our people. And for that reason, we can establish a legal basis on which uh, we ought to go after that individual just as we go after bin Laden, just as we go after other terrorists. Why? What? What he just said was that we can go kill him. Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. Because he just said just the same way we did with Bin Laden. Yeah. We can do the same thing with uh, someone that we we define as a terrorist Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Since there's no real, you know, what does it mean? It's it's in his book. person who's actually done anything. No, it's in his book. He looks it up. He goes... Hey, uh, Dvorak. He's a terrorist. Let we think see. he's a terrorist. Yeah, I we looked think at the book. He's a terrorist. This is this is pretty good. I looked at the book, and I, I think said, we should probably <laughs> stop doing the show. Just as we go, go after Bin Laden, just as we go after other terrorists. Why? Because Ooh, why? Because isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful what he's doing there? Why? Because why? Because hey, shut up! In my book, go after Bin Laden, just as we go after other terrorists. Why? Because. Their goal is to kill our people. And for that reason, we have to defend ourselves. But oh, this is so, so just mind-boggling. And it's on CBS. They're not entitled to due process of law under the Constitution of the United States. They lose their citizenship. Now, listen to them. This is about the uh, Expatriation Act that they're trying to push through. They will yes. lose. Now, here's you're going to find out how you lose your citizenship. But he lies his way all the way through this. This administration decides they're a terrorist. You know, it, people, it, it, this person uh, wanted uh, to... Uh, 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 why? Because... Uh, 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 suddenly raise questions about... Uh, now, he says, this person, I didn't quite understand that. 
Back it up. Yeah, he says this person, but there's no. Ref- I'm gonna go back to the question. There's no reference to anybody. Well, he's, know, just, it, he's referring to, a, I think, a terrorist in general. Okay, a, a citizen terrorist. You know, it, people, <laughs> citizen terrorist. There you go. I'm a citizen terrorist. Hey, well, it, it, this person wanted to uh, suddenly raise questions about uh, whether or not they're terrorists, and they were to return to the United States. Of- yeah, I'd like to raise a question. Point of order: Am I a terrorist? I'd like to know, am I a terrorist? Of course they would be entitled to due process. Due process. But due process in a military court. He evades the truth. Uh, that, uh, that's something we provide every U.S. citizen. Uh, and for that matter, frankly, any terrorist who's arrested, we provide due process to that individual as well. Oh, what? <laughs> that's, that's a blatant lie. We don't provide any due process. Yeah, you provide military process. It's like, here's how the process goes. Let me look in my book. You're a terrorist. Off you go to Gitmo, boy. But if a terrorist is out there on the battlefield, oh. and a terrorist is uh, threatening this country. Here it comes. That wait, person, wait, wait, wait. Did he say on the battlefield? Did, did he use an and or an or when he's go back back and hear that? I want to hear that again. On the battlefield, I think. Because I'm thinking, you know, they're trying to define the USA as a battlefield. Well, of course it is. It's already been goal. defined. It's, that is indeed the goal. He says the battlefield. Is uh, threatening this country. That person is an enemy combatant. Oh, hold on. Let me just back it up. I didn't go back far enough. Of course they would be entitled to due process. Uh, that uh, That's something we provide every U.S. citizen. Uh, and for that matter, frankly... Frankly. Any terrorist who's arrested, we provide due process to that individual as well. But if a terrorist is out there on the battlefield, the battlefield, and a terrorist but, is uh, threatening this country. So first, you've got to be a terrorist threatening this country. Then you get named. That person is an enemy combatant. Bada bing! That's the language. An enemy combatant. And this so, is so. So the people in the Occupy movement are enemy combatants. They're on the I battlefield. So. Yeah, they're on the battlefield. Drone targets. And when an enemy combatant holds a gun at your head, you fire back. This is this is what I find to be outrageous. So it's one thing if an enemy is holding a gun to your head. It's another thing if a guy is out in the desert somewhere going like, I hate America. <laughs> I think there's a big difference between those two. Don't you think so? Oh, yeah. Who makes that decision? Who makes that decision, John? Who makes a decision to fire back, i.e. make a drone strike? Who is the sole individual who can make that decision? Uh, the president can, because yes. he's already done it. It is the president and no one else. Decision as to whether or not uh, ultimately to do that? President, yes. President of the United States obviously uh, reviews uh, these cases and reviews the legal justification. And in the end uh, says go or no go. So it's the requirement of the administration under the current legal understanding is that the president has to make that declaration. That's correct. Not you. That's correct. Only the president can decide. Well, it's a recommendation we make. It's a recommendation the CIA director makes in my prior role. But in the end, when it comes to... Uh, Why does he laugh about that? Why does he laugh? <laughs> you know, in my, <laughs> in my prior role. <laughs> he's in the same job. He hasn't changed jobs. He's la- no, he's laughing because he... That's why he's laughing. He's laughing he's in my prior role. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm still not working there. 
No, I think he's laughing because he's like, <laughs> I sent so many people on the list to drone him. <laughs> I can't even keep track anymore. Oh, that's a possibility. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> Just kill people. <laughs> recommendation we make. It's a recommendation the CIA director makes in my prior role. But in the end, when it comes to... Uh, you know, going after someone like that, uh, the President of the United States has to sign off. And he, and he should. And he should. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, <laughs> this gentleman is a maniac. An insane, <laughs> These guys are all maniacs. Insane the country is maniac. run by maniacs, and the idiot public keeps voting him back in. And do you want Mitt Romney to decide whether you get killed? Is that not is, is, this? Romney was already confronted on one of the debates with what he thought of the NDAA and yeah. that particular provision. He said it was fine. It, yeah, he can't wait to get his finger on the button. They got a whole joystick there. You know, they got they got videos on the drones as they're shooting. It's like it's it's like they're playing uh, Xbox. These people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was at the CIA. We had this cool Xbox game. <laughs> it's called Drone Your Ass. <clears throat> it's insane. Absolutely insane. And quite disturbing. Very. And this is very disturbing. Thank you, CBS, though. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't well, think. Something's up. <clears throat> somebody got irked. It must have been Redstone or somebody. Something happened. We missed the, we, whatever it was. We, I'm sure we, if we dig a little bit, mm. it could be the hearings on uh, CBS is very involved in the hearings from the uh, FAA on uh, censorship. Mm -hmm. And there's, a, there's, there's some backstory to this because they essentially, CBS turned on the administration oh, with this yes. particular piece. Yeah. This, is a, this is a hit piece designed to expose the administration for a number of things. Of and course. this part here has just got us frightened the public. It's frightening me, and you mm. and and the and when you see the video, I guess. Well, it's, you know, his propane tank must have exploded. <laughs> He's talked about it in the past. I keep telling Mickey, I am not flying anymore in my life. I'm just not going to fly anymore because that's how they'll do it. Oh yes, unfortunate accident. It always happens two miles from the airport. Right. Yeah, he was on the right approach, and then he just disappeared from the radar. Don't know what <laughs> happened. Don't know what it's crazy how that happens. No way, man. I'm packing heat. <laughs> I'm driving around with a judge, and you try and come up to me. I'm, you, if you look hot and you're blonde, I'm sh I'm putting a cap in your ass because you're probably CIA to kill me. Okay, so uh, well, in lighter news. <laughs> No wonder people don't want to donate to the show. Enough <laughs> already. Up. Get away so from me. So we need more lighter news. Play the soccer riot story. Let's get some news out there. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Jonathan Hunt live tonight at the United Nations. John, thanks. Some American, I should say, a soccer riot in Egypt today killed at least 73 people. It hurt a thousand more. That's according to local officials. At a soccer match, fans stormed the field just seconds after the home team unexpectedly beat the league's best club. Witnesses say the fans hurled rocks and bottles at one another. Egyptian officials say most of the victims died from concussions, deep cuts to the head, and suffocation during the stampede. There okay. was a, there was more soccer news, or do you need to have to comment? No, on this? I game. I think we should talk about soccer more. Okay, well, it's a part of uh... the Euro. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I 
things are great over there in the Euroland. Things are really looking up, and we got Haiku Herman on the way, and of course our buddy uh, Nigel Farage, who uh, got into a little tiff there in the uh, in the European Parliament there at Starfleet Command. But first, this very sad news about Greece. And soccer. Empty seats and a tattered flag in an Athens soccer stadium. A grim metaphor for the crisis hitting Greece's cash-strapped soccer leagues. The fate of the country's second and third tier teams now hangs in the balance after players went on strike over unpaid wages and lack of health insurance. Football League Vice President Stelios Svakianakis says the league has been hit badly by the current economic crisis. He says this has been the worst crisis for Greek soccer since the professional game was created. So uh, they can't even pay their health insurance. How many times? Uh, yeah, can, can, let me play that again and let's count the number of times she uses the exact same word crisis. Empty seats and a tattered flag in an Athens soccer stadium. A grim metaphor for the crisis hitting Greece's cash-strapped soccer leagues. The fate of the country's second and third tier teams now hangs in the balance after players went on strike over unpaid wages and lack of health insurance. Football League Vice President Stelios Svakianakis says the league has been hit badly by the current economic crisis. He says this has been the worst crisis for Greek soccer since the professional game was created. <laughs> There's more to the Listen to the whole report, see if crisis comes back. I have three so far. Three or four? Was it four? Uh, three. Yeah. Things have gotten worse as we have not received any... F- I love this guy. He sounds like a computer voice. Things have gotten worse as we have not received any money from television broadcast contracts. Funding or income since last May. We don't have the television contract that we had with the national broadcaster, nor have we reached an agreement with OPAP, the Greek Organization of Football Prognostics, despite it being practically February. Despite the suspension of games, some teams like Ethnikos Asteras were still training in Athens. Its coach says the problem of uninsured players must be tackled. This year, the second and third tier national teams have been left at the mercy of God. The athletes can't play uninsured. The league is a tough one. We have many injuries every Sunday, and they've given insurance only during some games. Not all. That's the worst thing. I would rather the games never start if the players don't get insurance. This midfielder says he hasn't been paid for the last seven months and is now forced to borrow money from friends and family. No, I don't think she says it anymore. Well, so this is a, this is made out to be an insurance crisis. Yes, yes, <laughs> crisis. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Whenever we say crisis, now we have to ring the bell. So uh, it is a crisis. But when you hear seven months, and this really ruins it, because I was waiting for the World Cup soccer, and of course I was going to call Greece. It was so obvious they're going to win, but now these guys aren't even going to on the field because if they get hurt, then you know, then they can't. They have no insurance. How do you get hurt in soccer? Oh, you can get you get messed up in soccer. Anyway, uh, Nigel Farage, and th- this is an interesting uh, clip because the translators take over, and uh, so you can't hear the original audio. And apparently, Nigel Farage um, quoted a British publication. This is not in the clip, but it comes back. Uh, talking about how many of the Germans in uh, in the European Parliament are Nazis. <laughs> uh, something to which uh, both Herr Schultz 
who, of course, is now the big Buana there in uh, at Starfleet Command, and some of his uh, cohorts from Germany take rather uh, large exception to. And uh, Nigel just keeps on screaming. They turn his mic off. They tell him to shut up, slave. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting exchange. About a Gaulite, uh, as a German, I very much object to democratic Germany being put on the same footing as the, the Nazi Germany. And so I would like an apology from this gentleman. Nobody in Berlin uh, is sending Gauleiter anywhere in Europe. That is a, a speech full of hatred. This is incitement of hatred between... European peoples, he should withdraw his words, or you should ensure that this sort of thing is not does not recur. Some might say, and indeed, the biggest selling Sunday newspaper in Britain used that word. And if you want to talk about hatred, just look at what this European project is doing. We have German newspapers slagging off the Italians for being cowards, slagging off the Greeks for being lazy and useless, and we have Italian and Greek newspapers depicting leading figures in Germany wearing Nazi uniforms. Surely the whole point is that this project that was designed to bring us all together in peace and harmony is actually ripping us apart and bringing back nationalisms. And if there was one country I really had a go at in my speech, it was actually the United Kingdom, because I admitted the way we behaved towards Greece wasn't acceptable in the 19th century. So now they turn his mic off. Translator comes in. Nationalism is propagated in this house by those uh, who wear flags upon their desks uh, and their nationalism upon their sleeve. I believe you're one of them. The next speaker is Mr. Brock. Yeah, they're yelling. That's what the colleague Brock. Mr. Brock has the floor. That's what the colleague Brock said. Mr. Brock has the floor. Mr. Brock can talk now. Please uh, take your seat. Mr. Brock has the floor. I'm asking. He's roofing him. I'm going to roofie you. Did you hear that's what he said? I'm going to roofie you. Roofie you. I'm calling you to order, asking you to take your seat. Mr. Farage, I'm calling you to order. Please take your seat, otherwise, you'll have to leave the chamber. Mr. Brock has the floor. <laughs> I'm going to roofie you. I heard it. I'm going to roofie him. So it's a mess there. And, of course, Nigel is right. I mean, it is. I speak to Dutch people all the time. And it's really quite frightening how they speak about the Italians and the Greek. They do the same thing. Lazy-ass Greece people, Greeks, you know, stupid Italians. It is ripping Europe apart. Yeah, because these people, these countries are not designed to be hooked up like this. <laughs> no. So it's how, bull crap. I mean, this is a, the Europe is the way it is because of a, a long history, and this is a very it's, and it's cultural. It's deeply ingrained cultural, and it's language based too. People think a certain way largely because their language influences the way you structure your thinking. Because you cannot, you know, there's certain things you can't think about if it doesn't even exist in the language. And unless you have a single language in the whole of Europe. You're not going to have a, a Euro, an EU that works. This whole thing is a disaster. So um, on the 30th, just a couple days ago, they rammed through a new treaty. Just amazing how this has happened. Now, we have the Lisbon Treaty, which uh, we had 
referenda. We had all kinds of voting on this. You know, Ireland said no. Ah, Stupid Irish do over. Oh, there it is. Ireland says yes. And because they have to fire up the ESM more than a year and a half early, which you heard on this show first, the European Stability Mechanism, which has already been voted on by the finance ministers in July of 2011, which uh, forces every single uh, member of the Eurozone to pony up any money that is requested from Brussels. Cash call, you've got to pay. There's no way out of it. There's plenty of information about this in the show notes. There's even a great uh, YouTube video uh, in German with English subtitles that explains exactly how it works. And so what do they do? They create a new treaty, a brand new one all of a sudden, overnight, at an informal meeting that everyone has to sign off on and must be entered into every single national constitution. Haiku Herman takes the floor in the Starfleet Command and uh, explains Uh, Well, we're sorry, but we got to screw you. This treaty must be seen as just one element of the reforms to economic governance. Economic governance, ladies and gentlemen, not financial. Economic governance. Send your tax money to Brussels. We have achieved over the last two years reforms which involve both responsibility and solidarity and which include the six pack, which remains the backbone of our new governance architecture. This treaty is about more responsibility and better surveillance. Surveillance. Every country that signs it commits to bringing in a debt break into its legislation. You hear a, a, a debt break? He said dead, but I think he meant debt break into its own legislation. Preferably at constitutional level. Boo! And by the way, the document in the show notes, you'll find a draft treaty January 27th, PDF, 3%. If you don't, if you can't keep your debt uh, under 3%, the fine is 0.2% of GDP for the first fine. That's a lot of money. An automatic correction mechanism will reinforce compliance. Reinforce compliance automatically. Enshrining the debt break in the treaty will enhance its credibility. This is important as a confidence-building measure. It represents a major step forward towards closer and irrevocable fiscal and economic integration and stronger governance in the euro area. Irrevocable. It will significantly bolster the outlook for fiscal sustainability and euro area sovereign debt and therefore enhance economic growth. Placing this commitment to self-control in the treaty shows our long-term and irreversible commitment to avoiding excessive deficits and debts. So this is basically all language meant for hedge funds and bankers. He's saying, you can trust us, really, you can trust us. We've got them all. They're signing off on this thing. We got the thumb screws on, and they have to pay. They have to pay at constitutional level. It will be absolutely ingrained, embedded in law. Don't worry. Send us your money. No problem. And then he continues. Like most members of the European Council, and like the European Parliament, I would have preferred these issues to be addressed by changing the existing treaties rather than through a separate treaty. But it was so much more fun to draft up something that no one got to vote on, just how we got here in the first place. As you know, the necessary unanimity for this was not forthcoming. There was no choice. So not everyone wanted to be on board, but we forced them. That's what that means. But to go down this route. But in doing so, 
I was personally determined to keep the new provisions as close as possible to the EU treaties. <laughs> Except for that money thing. We were not setting up a separate organization, but a means of reinforcing our union. And had, I had endeavored in the same way when setting up the Euro Plus Pact. I hope that our successors will succeed in integrating this treaty in the EU treaties. Whoa. Screwed. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> That's a good one. John's like, hmm. Let me think. That's not so good that's going on over there. Hmm. No, this is this is headed to a disaster. These guys are just out of control. The, well, you thought you thought we had like some kind of patent on idiots running the show? No, they're worse than we are. That concludes our European segment, ladies and gentlemen. That is that is what I call depressing. Hmm. Meanwhile, while uh, President Obama has his finger on the button to drone you whenever he feels like it, because he's the man. Michelle Obama spent fifty thousand dollars at Agent Provocateur in New York while she was there. Doing what? Shopping. For what? Clothes. Fifty thousand dollars. Was she buying couture? Yes. Agent no. provocateur. You've certainly you've heard. Oh, of. agent provocateur. <laughs> yes, uh, agent provocateur. Exactly. Huh. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars. She did so well because, of course, when the the first lady buys a certain brand, everybody else like, ah, oh, everyone's going to buy that now. So the uh, uh, first of all, they closed off a part of the whole shop on Madison Avenue. Oh yeah, that everyone's real happy about their the way they travel around and, yeah. and shut down the cities. Yeah. The stock price actually spiked. Of what? What company? Agent Provocateur. That's the name of the company. Yes, you've never you've never seen this uh, fashion, Agent Provocateur. No, let me look. Or Agent Provocateur, as we might say. Yeah, they spiked uh, on the UK exchange. I don't know if they're listed in the US. Sexy, uh, luxurious lingerie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For, for she bought $50,000 worth of lingerie. I thought she bought couture dresses. Well, it's it's couture lingerie. No, she bought more. She bought... Uh, what such thing as couture lingerie. Of course there is. What are you talking about? And uh, you know who buys most of this stuff is... Uh, this is like, just like a ripoff of Victoria's Secret. Arrow. There's a couple of peekaboo things that are quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Peekaboo. Hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. <laughs> I see two citizens in front of me. Yeah. Um, this is, but you know, $50,000. Whoa. Well, do it while you can, lady. <sighs> She's probably related to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Thomas Mother F. Jefferson. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so let's see what we got here. I got a I got a uh, a, a pooper Pinsky Brockovich clip that goes on forever. I don't oh, play lovely! I love but a it. Pooper. Does start off with you can just kind of hear uh, Doctor Drew kind of hinting around, but he, nobody will say anything. They will not bring up Gardasil. It's he, just he is, he has been on it. this. He has been doing his whole show is about this. It is lengthy. Wow, that's a long clip. I wouldn't play the whole thing, but you can play a little bit. 
just to get you right. Her mom isn't satisfied with the answer she's been getting. State health department officials said they found no environmental or infectious cause for the girl's symptoms. Some doctors who have examined the girl say the tics could be stress-related, something called conversion disorder. We're going to have more on that in a moment. Activist Erin Brockovich is now getting involved. Over the weekend, some of her associates collected soil samples near the girl's school. Brockovich is looking into a chemical uh, that spilled in a 1970 train derailment about four miles from the school. I talked to her and Dr. Drew about the case. Dr. Drew, you interviewed some, some of these young women, some of these girls exhibiting really astonishing symptoms. I know you haven't given them an actual examination, but as a doctor, from what you know, what's your assessment? Okay, hold on a second. Because uh, Theory, 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 theory. Remember um, they were doing gene testing? They wanted to have the girls come in and uh, do voluntary gene testing? Here's what I think happened. I think that Merck, who uh, uh, runs the Gardasil outfit, I think they neglected to do proper testing on genes. And this, by the way, goes all the way back to, to Thomas Jefferson. That probably human resources from a certain gene pool can have severe adverse effects to this particular vaccine. And they're now trying to figure it out and they're scrambling because, of course, if they just didn't do the proper testing, which I believe you have to do for all kinds of injectables, you have to check the gene pools, that uh, this is this is why this is being covered up. That make that any sense? Be. It sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it actually does make some sense. Yeah. You've heard enough of that clip. Yes, I have. <laughs> I just wanted you to just play part of it. Let's say I got some other, I got a couple of things. Here's a couple of things. Um, I got, a, a, I want to just tell everybody out there listening to the show, your taxes are going up. No matter what anyone tells you, your taxes are going up and they're going to go up no matter who gets elected because this is already planned because I was watching a, a C-SPAN presentation by the Congressional Management Budget Office, the Office for Managed Congressional OCM, OMB, whatever it is. Uh, OMB. Yeah, OMB. Uh, and he says they're going up. And then I, I just caught a hearing where somebody else just kind of casually said it was going up as if it was a done deal. And all we're seeing right now with the with, with the pre-election is just bullcrap arguing that's got nothing to do with reality because this whole thing has been fixed. And I'm going to actually want you to play part two of the clip, which it says you're getting tax part two, which is the second part of this. This I heard this after. And then you can play the part one and you can hear where it really is confirmed by the by the manager, by the uh, OMB OMB. Deficit, it's important to remember the president got everything he wanted the first two years. We're living in the Obama economy. At the White House, spokesman Jay Carney argued the president has done his part to cut spending. He said the real problem is the other side steadfastly rules out tax hikes. What has been lacking thus far is any willingness to deal with revenue uh, in any meaningful way by the Republicans. And that and that is just not the approach that the broad base of the American public uh, feels uh, is the right way to go. The yeah, Congressional which, Budget Office. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can stop it there, which is bullcrap, by the way. Nobody wants to be taxed more. Revenue is code for taxes. They don't want, they, they've changed. We've gotten a new word in a vocabulary. Oh, yeah, so when revenue, you say revenue, revenue. it's just taxes. Revenue, yeah. Now, they mentioned, now, the guy from OMB goes on and on about this, and he talks about just casually talks about the taxes that are going up because by law there's a bunch of them going on in play. And he, then he mentions that uh, governments, he shows that he has this horrible graph that shows that we're damn near broke 
and he shows it going up, and he says, and and then he just casually mentions that they're not cutting back on the government uh, spending much. It's just a very minor thing, and we're still going to do fine. But it's, but the way we get there is by being taxed a lot more, and this is a confirmation as far as I'm concerned. Let me turn now to our budget projections. Under current law, we expect that this year's deficit will be about $1.1 trillion. You! At 7% of GDP, that is nearly two percentage points less than the Wait deficit. We're twice as bad as everyone. Seven percent of GDP isn't that like? Uh, Which would mean we'd be thrown out of the EU. Yeah, we, we no law. Oh, we can't join the European Union. Damn. Recorded last year, but still larger than any deficit between 1947 and 2008. Over the next few years, projected deficits in CBO's baseline narrow sharply, as you can see in the picture, averaging one and a half percent of GDP and totaling about three trillion dollars between 2013 and 2022. With deficits small relative to the size of the economy, debt held by the public drops a little as a share of GDP in our baseline projections, but remains quite high. Much of the projected decline in the deficit occurs because, under current law, revenues will rise considerably. In particular, between 2012 and 2014, revenues in our baseline shoot up by more than 30% because of the recent or scheduled expiration of various tax provisions and new taxes and other collections that are scheduled to go into effect. Federal spending in the baseline declines modestly relative to GDP in the next few years. Wow. Revenue. Revenue. Keep saying revenues. Revenues. Yeah, revenues Revenues. are going to increase 30%. That means taxes are going up 30%. And 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 these mentions, well, you know, there's a minor decline, modest in spending. So there's going to be a lot of more taxes being taken from the public and spending is, we're going to spend, spend it. So let me bring all of this together for my final presentation of this program. So with our 7% uh, deficit of GDP, which means we cannot join the, Europe, the Eurozone, which, <laughs> which is sad, with Europe being completely and royally effed, where all of your money is going to go to bankers. This is, this is it's all code that they're using, but it's going to go to bankers. You're paying, your taxes will go directly to bankers, as will ours, by the way. What is the final goal? It has been said time and again, and you can call me a conspiracy theorist, you can call me a creep, you can call me whatever you want, but this is about truly one world fiscal and economic governance, which means all your money goes to the banks, the banks rule rule you, and we're going to have a global currency, a one world money because the euro has to go away. The dollar is just paper at this point. Here is Sir Evelyn Rothschild. And yes, I believe that he is one of the evil ones. When he's asked a question about the Rimby, which is, uh, isn't that that Indian thing? I think so. Listen to what his answer is. The RMB situation, you mentioned a, a so-called currency problem. I mean, do you see the day in the next five years where it's a fully convertible and flexible? Well, you're talking to a person who's quite old. Uh, If I'm around in five years, I'd like to think that that is the case. Uh, I think we've all got to move towards that opportunity, and I think the challenge also is whether we should move towards an international currency. 
because uh, the speculation and the complexity of currency has caused some of the irritation, uh, not only among the trading nations, but among individuals. Um, but it's not for me to say how it will happen, but I think uh, everyone who knows how to deal with these situations is very cognizant of the problem it takes to go over it, get over it. So there you have it. Top banking family saying, well, obviously I'm old, so you know my time is up. But it's very clear we're going to go towards a one-world international currency. And it's not up to me to say how it's going to happen. Just look around you. They're bringing down everything, crashing everything. And I can't take this any other way than that's the plan. Well, it's definitely a, a huge slowdown uh, being created. My Mimi is always moaning about the f- fact that they're now t- tearing down houses, uh, you know, that were unsold or f- being foreclosed. They're just ripping them down, tearing them down because we need to get a short. We just keep pushing down the price of housing, even though it's it's actually way too low. So yeah, so there's and if and the thing that I brought up at the very beginning of the show, which I'll probably put in a little maybe a paper and send it out to people, it, which concerns me to to an extreme which is the Baltic Dry Index. By the way, he was talking about the Chinese currency, obviously. It could be. Yeah, the renminbi. The, the Baltic spe- Dry Index is at a, something like a 30-year low. And, what, and is, this, what does that mean? The Baltic Dry Index is a very interesting indicator that discusses only raw materials that are being shipped around the world. Coal, wheat, copper, just anything like that, and it is a leading indicator, meaning it, it, whatever it does, other things happen afterwards. And it is so low at this point that it's lower than it was when, remember when, we, when the crash took place in 2008? Mm-hmm. You mean the crisis? The crisis in 2008. <laughs> the crisis in 2008. The Baltic Dry in, uh, Index really s- just cratered, and then it... it it didn't even fully recover. It's never recovered. And now it's cratering again, even though the stock market's at 12000 This whole thing is rigged to collapse. And, you know, I don't know if that helps us get more donations. Probably not. No. But I think people got to keep this show on the air so they can hear about this sort of thing. And I'll, I'll discuss this more in detail. It's, 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 it's frightening to look at this chart. And frightening. You, and, uh, and you are a financial analyst, my friend. And I'm not very good at it. Well, there you have it. Thoroughly, I can see the obvious with this thing. This is unbelievable. I'm thoroughly bummed out now. Thanks, John. Great. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, Sir Gitmo, do we have a, a producer update coming up later today or something that I should be promoting on the stream? Well, let me know in the back channel, of course. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, I don't think any other podcast or any other uh, any other show really will give you this type of information. And maybe you had a laugh or two along the way. <laughs> Maybe at our yeah, expense. Panetta did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's laughing about droning you. And uh, we'll be back here on Sunday to do it all over again with original content. Coming to you from uh, Camp Mofo, where we've got chemtrails in the skies. In the morning, everybody. My name is Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I'm watching the Baltic Dry Index, I'm John C. Dvorak. Talk to you again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda.
Back on the Young Turks. Well, this morning we were talking with J.R. Jackson, who's our longtime producer, and he was saying, you know, every network and station covers uh, Black History Month in the same way. You find out about Booger T. Washington in, like, little snippets, etc. Booger, 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 Dvorak.org slash N-A.